Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We could be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. I don't think he's here to say thanks. John Moxley has deployed on this squared circle at the MGM Grand Garden Arena with a twinkle in his eye, and Jericho is pissed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am back. I am Jay, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. And I got a hit for you tonight because I, along with my co-host, will be talking everything and, and pretty much the main thing that has dominated the world of wrestling this week. And it's been exactly seven days because it is Saturday, seven days after the uh, double or nothing pay-per-view, the very first show for all elite wrestling AEW. And I'm again to every single minute of it um, along with some WWE stuff. And obviously NXT takeover 25 just ended. I can't believe there's been 25 of them shits already, but we're going to get into all of that. And without further ado, before we get into all the hoopla, let me introduce my co-host for tonight. He is back at it. Sammy Muniz, brother, <laughs> AEW. We're going to get right into it. Man, how you doing? First of all, welcome back, man. Hey, thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. Yeah, and uh, dude, it, it finally happened. We've been waiting for months and months and months ever since Cody and and and, and the Bucks and uh, got with got with Tony Khan and and made this thing possible and said, okay, we're doing AEW. We're doing all elite wrestling. The the roster has been brought together. The show finally happened. We're going to get into it piece by piece. But before we even do that, dude, when you finished that pay-per-view from the pre-show, the two matches they had on the pre-show, all the way to the very end when you got the, the logo at the very end that ends the show, what were your exact thoughts at that moment? So 
I had to actually catch it on replay. Um, but um, it, it, I caught it on replay immediately after. So I, I watched it and then I went to sleep and watched the last three matches the next morning. Um, I think production-wise, it looked and reminded me of a WCW pay-per-view, which is good. It's not a bad thing. No, nah, yeah. It's a yeah. good thing. That means production value. There were camera shots that were missed. Look amateurish at times, but it was good. Um, comparing it to Crockett Cup, uh, probably a, a week or two was it before it. Crockett Cup didn't have the uh, finances the way AEW had. So AEW had good had had a good amount of finances. Was able to put production near to what WWE does. Um, but it looked more like a WCW pay-per-view, which is bringing it at a high level because WCW at the time of pay-per-views, um, especially during the Nitro years, it was equivalent to almost WWE pay-per-views. Yeah. Um, so oh, it's, fu- it's funny that you say that because yeah. don't, ha- didn't they use like a former WCW producer for, for, for this show, if I remember correctly? Yes. I think I think they brought on, I forget the dude's name, but... Uh, if if I remember correctly, they did use a former WCW, and I think the guy did TNA stuff too back in the day. I think in the Asylum years, or or, or I don't know how long he was there, but they used the same uh, producer that that worked a lot of WCW stuff. So it's it, very interesting that it kind of had the feel of a WCW show, which, like you said, at the time when WCW was beating WWE in the ratings, they pulled no punches. They they. They put down a, a ton of money to to compete, and they competed for a long time. Uh, well, obviously until you know things got real shitty and shit hit the fan, and and you know they got taken out. But like you said, production wise, it, it looked really, really clean. It looked really good. Um, <laughs> I gotta ask you about uh, how'd you feel about the commentary team as a whole? Obviously, oh my god, oh <laughs> obviously my god. Jim Ross is a is is a legendary figure and probably was, top two commentators of all time. Ross is now, now I'm I'm a I'm gonna choose the last guy. Now the last guy I'm gonna choose for I'm gonna leave him for last, and you know who probably I'm gonna speak about. But before that. I'm not sure how much PWG you've seen uh, in, in your time of being a fan. I've seen quite a quite a bit. Um, so I know who Excalibur is. He's obvi- he's uh, you know, he wears a mask. He's a former wrestler himself. He wrestled in PWG back in the day, among other indie promotions. And I don't know if he had injuries in his career or what forced him to just strictly be a commentator. But um now, if this was your first time ever hearing or knowing about Excalibur, what was what was your thought of 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 when he first popped up on the screen, and you see a dude in a mask wearing the AEW jacket <laughs> doing commentary? Now, I think Excalibur did okay. I don't. We could we're gonna talk about Jim Ross in a little bit. I mean, not Jim Ross, uh, Jim Cornette in a little bit because he had plenty to to yes. say about the commentary team. But um, I don't think Excalibur did that bad. I thought he showed like emotion. He showed genuine excitement to be there. Um, but what 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 do you think about? Obviously, he that's the biggest show that guy's ever done. But um, how'd you feel he did being alongside Jim Ross and uh? We'll we'll get into the golf guy in a second. <laughs> I I think he didn't do bad. I I him you know he 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 needed more help. You know, he needed more, he needs more shows, of course. You know, a lot of people need experience, you know? Yeah. But I, I think 
I think he didn't do bad. If it was a two-man team, it would have been great. Just him and Jim Ross, it would have worked out. I agree. Now, the the third guy in the booth, <laughs> I believe his name is Alex Marvez, I think is his name. Um, oh, God, was he dreadful, bro. Like, where did they get, where did they get this guy from? Horrible. He's, he's from the Miami Herald. He used to be a writer from the Miami oh, Herald. I remember geez. when I lived down in Miami, he was... Um, he did a couple of events. I remember going to some events that were done, and he like I think he emceed something. I rem- I do remember him though because I seen his face and I, and it looked familiar to me. And I seen him um, on TV when I was in Miami, living down there for a year. Um, now, but- did he have that same demeanor, or do you think he was nervous? <laughs> no, he's not. He's this isn't this isn't his ball game. He. Obviously, from what I heard, he's Tony Khan's friend. Um, uh, and sometimes you somebody's friend, you get hired, and sure. uh, yeah, I, you can't always hire your friends. Sometimes it, <laughs> it just doesn't work out. Yeah, he was rough, man. Like he, uh, I mean, I understand. You know, there's a big, there's a big show, there's a big pay per view. You know, first time ever, blah blah blah, and all this other stuff. And this is probably the first time he's ever commentated on wrestling. I'm not sure if this is the first time he's ever done it, but if he has, you know, I he tried his best, I guess. I don't know what his best is, but, you know, he came off as definitely not belonging, especially, you know, when you got Jim Ross, who's been doing it for, what, 40, 50 years, and then you got Excalibur, who has some experience, and then you have this guy who has zero experience. So, like you said, if it was a two-man booth, which... You know, apparently all of wrestling, I don't know why we need three men in the booth, which is, I think, is too many people. But, um, you know, like you said, Excalibur and Jim Ross on their own, I think that would have been perfectly fine. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like you said, production-wise, it looked really good. The commentary was up and down. Um, And now we we could just get into the... (laughs) I just want to make one more comment about the production. Yeah, And and this this is odd. It may seem odd. But um, what I was looking for in the production to, to make sure it was an official production, I wanted to see when they ended, when they closed out the show, I said, how do they end the show? And they ended it exactly how I felt they should have ended it. They put the copyright logo and Jim Ross said, good night. Like yeah. it was like a throwback because I've seen some pay-per-views where they just end and fade to black. Especially yeah. that all in, all in that was just a horrible ending. I know yeah. I get it; they cut it short, but it shows you that you know it's completed from beginning to end. It's not leaving out things, and it was just it, it gives you quality too. You see the copyright, you say, "Hey, you know what? Oh, they finished it. They left it at a cliffhanger. Wow, this is what this was meant to be the ending, not what the hell just happens in the screen." You know? Yeah. And, that was important, actually, to me. I'm, I don't know about to everyone else, but I know it, it was just important to me. Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's the little the little intricacies that goes into making a good program and a, and a quality show, and the little things like that is what makes it stand out and what makes it look professional and and legit. You know what I mean? And AEW wants to be legit, and uh, with being on TNT, that they, they're gonna have to put on quality, you know, legit programming. So. And the thing is, we find out that the first show on TNT is not going to be till October. So they got a few months, I guess. Now, now my thing is, and, and we're going to get into the actual card in a second, but um, do you think that's a little too long? Do you Now, I know they got a show in Jacksonville coming up, uh, which is not technically an AEW show. They're going to be co-promoting with like a, 
convention of some sort and they're just going to have AEW matches. Um, and they have another pay-per-view all out. Um, I'm not sure. Is that before the TNT show? Uh, it may, it may be, yeah, it it's may be before it's August 31st. So it's before. Okay. Yeah. So they're going to have their second pay-per-view in August. Now from that second pay-per-view to the first show sometime in October, do you think the excitement will still be there or do you think they waited too long to get the, the show started between pay-per-views? Like, do you think people will start not to forget about it because obviously they're going to promote the shit out of it, but like, do you think it's too long in between, between second, you already got your second pay-per-view and you haven't even had a show yet. I no, I, I, I don't think it's too long. I think especially watching all in, um, it was more for the fanboys yeah. and they, they dropped the ball on a, on a lot of things and um, it gives them time to retool, to get the storyline straight because you can't, you can't do what you did at the uh, double or nothing show and expect um, the mainstream audience to actually um, buy into the show. And that and that's gonna be a, a big, definitive. Um, it's a definitive. It's a it's a question I have. It's like um, I'm trying to explain how 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 I see it. Basically, here's here's what I see. It if they do the show in TNT, and they try to do what they did on the Double or Nothing show, you're you're not gonna get ratings. No. Nope. The example is Impact. But they're they're uh, um doing even crazier things in impact that kind of are the best way to put it is go woke. You get woke. You know, everyone's I'm woke. I'm woke. You get woke, but you go broke financially. You go broke. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's, it's, if you do that on a mainstream mainstream scale, okay. Cause fanboys may be like, Oh, I'm going to buy and purchase every AEW pay-per-view. I'm going to watch every AEW show. You're just a small percentage. Very small. Just small, very yes, extremely small. small percentage, and that's the case with Impact. You're getting a hundred viewers, a hundred thousand viewers a week. If and now that, they, because like yeah. you said, like you said on previous shows, not everyone or a lot of people don't have that channel, that pursuit channel. Exactly. You know, so, so now, it, it'll be hard to get viewers and people who, uh, everybody that has some sort of cable service or or anything like that has TNT. A hell of a lot. Yes. Everyone pretty much has TNT. The question is, are they going to get the viewership? Because, you know, not everybody, everybody's going to be like, okay, they have Chris Jericho. I know who that is. Are they going to know who the Young Bucks are? I don't no, know. they're not. Are they going to know? Who, are they even going to know who Kenny Omega is? I don't know. You know, uh, not everybody in the States watches New Japan. Not everybody in the States even watches Ring of Honor. Uh, a lot of people don't know. of this roster, probably. You know what I mean? As good, and we're going to get into him, as great as I think MJF is, guess what? No one, if you show a picture of MJF to maybe 80% of a WWE audience, they're not going to know who he is. Let me tell you. (laughs) We can go into him later, but that that guy's the future. He's good. He's really good. I like him. Even Bret Hart was impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I first saw him in MLW, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's a cocky bastard." And then <laughs> I know. And then I saw him little, and then I saw him in. Uh, I think he was in All In, and then he even in the Battle Royal, and then he was in this Battle Royal, which it is, which was the first match of the 
the pre-show, which we can get into right now. Um, so they had the the battle royal, which the winner of this battle royal is going to get a shot at the at the newly made AEW championship, which was the winner of this will take on the winner of Jericho and Omega in the main event. And then those two will face off, I believe, at all out for the for the AEW championship. Um, they had a interesting cast of characters, as you know, in this battle royal. <laughs> yeah. Um they had a bunch of indie guys, some guys who I know, some guys I never heard of. Um, the way they did it was interesting because usually a battle royal starts off with everyone in the ring already. What they did was they came at intervals of five um, through a certain deck of cards, whether it be clubs or aces or spades or whatever the case. And they had one wild card, wild card Joker card, which is which was Hangman Page because. Him and Pac got canceled. So they had their match a week prior in, in the UK, which is weird. Well, why the hell did, did they agree to have this match in the UK, but they couldn't have it on a freaking pay-per-view? Because Pac is doing what Bret Hart is did during... You know, if you saw Dark Side of the Ring, Bret Hart took his role as the champion too seriously, right? Someone anointed you the champion. You didn't win the championship. Yeah. So Pac has this whole thing like, I don't want to lose. I don't want my credibility... He, he assumes he's bigger than he is. He's not that important. And I, I, I mean, he's, he's, go back he's, to him and I don't really give a damn. <laughs> he's what, like the Dragon Gate champion? What is he the champion of? Some federation that no, nobody here is going to watch or nor in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're going to be like, everyone's going to be like, what, what the, what? Champion, what? You have a, you have a freaking, you have a memorabilia belt? What is it that you have? No one cares about that promotion. No one gives a shit. Let's be real. I don't want to curse, but it's just yeah, no one yeah, gives yeah. a shit about yeah. that title. And so and it's like I heard has he not lost a match since he left WWE? He has not lost a match. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> it's 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 it, it's a whole. And you know what was funny is is people are hypocrites. Fanboys are hypocrites because they're like, oh, Pac, Pac, Pac. He's doing exactly the same thing Austin Aries did. So you're getting mad at Austin Aries, but Austin Aries actually dropped the belt to uh, Johnny Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, you know, he did whatever he had to do, even though he, he flaked he got, out. He but, got pissed after he did it, but he did it. <laughs> but he did it, but it's just... But Which the, now uh, Austin Aries has signed with MLW, so let's see how that goes. Yeah, and, and what's funny is Jim Cornette's over there, and, you know, him and Jim Cornette don't really... Yeah, quit. they, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's going to be interesting. I'm so... Like, Ugh, freaking freaking Pac, man. That that would have been such a freaking good match, too. They he, needed that match for the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I felt like the pay-per-view got hurt because of that freaking match. First man. of all, you have a pay-per-view where you're asking folks for 50 bucks. Yeah. You don't have quality. If you're asking folks for 50 bucks, you're putting the worst, probably one of the worst battle royals I've seen. You, and yeah, you know it was in it, the battle royals are supposed to be getting a shot at the championship. Not even the worst Royal Rumble match was worse than that. <laughs> Not even the worst one. And I've seen some bad Royal Rumble matches. Hey, hey, man. I think the Royal Rumble I've seen the most because I had it on tape when I was a kid and I just kept watching it and watching it <laughs> was Royal Rumble 93, the one that Yokozuna won. I, I remember him and Macho Man Randy Savage were the last two guys. Savage actually gets Yoko down and he hits him with the big elbow. And then he goes for a pin. <laughs> yeah. 
He goes for a pin. Yoko kicks out, and him kicking out, Macho falls out of the ring, and Yoko wins. I was like, what, what the hell was that? Like like oh. you said, there have been some bad, bad Royal Rumbles. There have been some terrible Battle Royals. I'll take the gimmick Battle Royal they did at WrestleMania 17 probably over this, just for the nostalgia factor of all those legends that was in it. But um, but let, let, let's go through the cast of characters. And, and the thing is, I was going to write them down, but... but I figured, let me just go off the top of my dome. Jim um, Cornette said it best. When yeah. the match started, I was like, who the hell are these guys? I, knew, I didn't even know who was who. Dude, the only one I knew, and you already know, uh, the only person I knew who was in that ring was MJF at the start exactly. of it. Exactly. That's the only um, guy I knew. Not only that, I said, what the hell? That was my <laughs> initial reaction because I saw a guy with no legs. Yeah, a guy with no legs, and I said, you know what? I don't care how social justice woke you are. You feed that garbage on TNT, people gonna are, are gonna say this is a joke, and they're not gonna like it because the point was made in the Cornette podcast. You wouldn't put him. It's a great story, yes, 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 but you wouldn't put that person in the um. I think he said that NBA. You wouldn't put him in the NBA. You wouldn't or, put him in Major yeah. League Baseball. You wouldn't yeah. put him in the NFL. So let's, if you want to treat this as a sport, because it is a sport, but it's, it, you know, it's just scripted in certain, and, you know, wins and losses. It is it's scripted, right? Yeah. You, you have to sell reality. Would I think, Fox, I think, would I Fox think that guy's name was yeah. Dylan Thomas, right? I think that was his name. Yeah, that was his name or something. I found that after the fact. It's like Fox would drop them. If, or TNT, they, they should be happy that TNT... TNT is probably going to tell them, just don't put that guy. That's probably yeah. what they're going to say. Yeah. Don't put that. Don't put that there. Because TNT, what I think what people don't understand is how TNT, the boardroom, is going to be when they see the product. Oh, my God. I just saw. It looks like Anthony Joshua was just upset for the, for the title. What? He got knocked out? Yes. He got knocked out. No way. <laughs> I saw him get knocked down twice, but I just looked at the screen and I just saw them, um, the, the doctor. Oh, my God. Did they stop it? Yes, they stopped the fight. Wow. I believe he lost the title. Wow. To a club fighter. The guy looks like a club fighter. Wow. There goes the, there goes the mega match that was going to happen. There, go, there goes the fight with Wilder. Wow. Anyways, let's go back to <laughs> AEW. That's what happens when stuff are live, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we had the Anthony Joshua fight on in the background, and apparently he just got knocked out. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Well, hell, Anthony uh, Alexander Gustafson got knocked out today too, and pretty much retired. So yes, yeah, that he, uh, I thought he tapped out. I thought. He, oh no, uh, no, no, yeah, you're right, you're right. It was a, it was a, in, it was a submission in, the, in the fourth round. Yes, I, I can't believe it. it. He just, I'm watching the the replay of the knockdown. He just went down, and this is not the first time he went down. He went down twice earlier, and wow. almost went down the third. Time. This Yo, is, you you know Wilder is probably laughing his ass of off. Of course right now. he is. <laughs> He killed that other guy two weeks ago with that punch. One punch, and the guy was in a coma or something like that. Well, I guess the Tyson Fury fight doesn't look that bad after all, huh? I know. Well, he did did set up two fights already. But you know what? We could spin off another podcast another day of boxing. Sure, sure. Let's let's go back to AEW. This guy with no legs, I said, are you serious? So, well, so, and I know what people are going to say about him. They're going to mention Zach Gowan from back in the Zach day. Zach Gowan had one leg yeah, and yeah. could still move. And he didn't <laughs> lay down in the corner the whole entire match. Zach Gowan yeah. took hits from Brock Lesnar. He yeah. was 
I, I give him credit. I used the reason I gave Zach Cowan credit was because he, you know, first of all, he had a full body. He just yes. had one limb missing. He hopped around. He did things that were, and he used it to his advantage. And he, and you know, he made you. It was a feel good, but also he took those bumps. Like when he was throw, tossed down the staircase. <laughs> oh, that was the best thing I've ever seen, bro. That I that said, was freaking amazing. <laughs> that guy loves wrestling. That's all I said. That guy loves wrestling. Yo, Brock took him in the wheelchair and threw him down the steps. Oh my god, that was some funny shit, man. <laughs> that was classic. But it, you know they can't do that nowadays. Oh like, no, forget it. They'll be taken off TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which but, is why, going back to your point, why I mean. Like you said, inspirational story. The guy's dream was to be a wrestler. Blah blah blah. Doesn't. But, no- but come on, man. Like, no, no. Because like they, they wanted to do everything. If you if you look at it, if you look at the pre-show and look at the breakdown of the pre-show, just look at that match alone. That match alone, they wanted to be so trendy in every yeah. way. Yeah. Between trends him and, all, and, but trends and, fade. And, and him and, and Sunny Kiss and, and a, whole bu- a whole bunch Sun, of these. Sunny Days, Sunny Kiss, him, the little, a little boy was wrestling in the face. Oh, uh, that's for you. Come on, a you know he, boy. you know he's your favorite. And come that on, little man. boy, didn't he break his leg or something like that? <laughs> I think at all in. And now he's wrestling again. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that child abuse? Like, Wait, but, but, but uh, I. It was his parent. I want. I want to say I've seen that guy wrestle a couple of times, but I wouldn't call it wrestling. I don't know what it is because the dude is the dude is like, you know, what is he like? Five, three, about 115 pounds. If that uh, I, isn't he a kid, though, isn't he like 13 or 14 or is he just small? <laughs> what I forget his name is a stunt. What, what is it? Marty stunt? What, what's his name? I don't remember his name. I don't I know. Marshall's. I, I still, I still don't know half the half the people that were in that thing. I, I probably don't know, like you said earlier. I don't know eighty percent of who. Was well, in uh, I, I know, I know some of them from the indies. I've actually seen live, like uh, like uh, Private Party, which was like the the two black dudes that look like they're seventeen years old and they had like the like disco gear on. I forget, but they did one like crazy double team move in there. I've seen them plenty of times in um in House of Glory. They're they're really they're actually a really good decent tag team. Um you know who got me mad and I have to say it. Your, that, your okay. favorite Orange Cassidy? Your favorite? <sighs> yeah I was gonna go there. I was gonna because I was gonna go down the line. I was gonna say Sunny Days was a joke. That whole mist yeah, what was face. that like he the he mist that he got yellows. paralyzed and then oh. he fell over. That's what happened. I said you serious then you had the the little kid. Then you had Jungle Boy. I was like, "Come on, dude! If, the, if your father wasn't who he was, you know, God, Perry, rest in peace." But Luke you know Perry's what? Son. I'm sorry, you don't belong in there either. You know what I mean? And I then mean, you had the little I've, kid. I've, I've seen that kid wrestle before, Jungle Boy, and and PWG and and other promotions like that. He's not that bad. Like as a cruiserweight, he's actually pretty good. He's super young though. Like he is like like only 19 or 20 years old. So he, you know, he, he's getting experience now stunt or whatever that kid is he he has no business being even near a ring let alone he shouldn't he shouldn't know. and yeah. not only that then you had sunny kiss come on that you had one spot and basically you made it sexual come on dude of course let's let's course. let's be let's be honest and i'm gonna tell you why you know people are gonna be like oh they're gonna get backlash about it that gimmick, whether it's him being gay for real or not, the gimmick oh, he's never really, works in wrestling. He's really, he's no, really I know gay. he's gay. I know yeah. he's really gay. So he's acting like himself, and he's yeah. sexualizing whatever. It didn't work. 
if we had Kiwi in WCW and it didn't work, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we had Lodi in WCW and it didn't work, Billy and Chuck barely worked. And then yeah. even at that, they had a squash it. And, and when they did the marriage, and like, because people were like, wow, that crap, it doesn't work. I tell you this, the only one that that worked was was Goldust. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it was because people were like, wait a moment. You know, that's Dustin. They didn't know if he was really doing it or just playing mind games, which most of the time it was. Um, They even named the pay-per-view after him. Mind games. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the the crazy thing is, I see someone like like Sonny Kiss, and I'm like, man... Look at Velveteen Dream, and look how look how great he's doing, and exactly and, he does and it how, well. Yeah, he does it very well, and he doesn't do, you know, the silly. I mean, he does some silly stuff, but the character is is it's such a character. You know what I mean? Like exactly. the Sunny Kiss thing, and I know he's you know building himself up, whatever he's learning, he's whatever. A lot of these guys are young, um, but I don't know, man. Like it- like. It does damage to wrestling because it shows, oh, this is fake. And what happens in the mainstream, they go, oh, this is fake. I don't want to watch this. But he wasn't even the worst one. The no. worst one was that piece of crap. Orange yeah, y- your favorite. Your favorite. <laughs> it was, and, and, and I feel bad that Tommy Dreamer actually had the interaction with him because it's like Tommy trying to put over the future and it, you basically, you make wrestling look great. And yet this guy, in one moment, killed. If I'm a buyer, if I'm trying to purchase the pay per view, and I'm like, what's this about? And I'm seeing the free show, I see Orange Cassidy come in, I see all the circuits going around, and I see Orange <laughs> Cassidy after seeing a guy in a dinosaur mask. I now see Orange Cassidy because that's bad enough. Uh, Luchasaurus, I was like, Who, what the hell? Luchasaurus. That when guy saw- is actually a WWE product, not for nothing. I he looked needs him to take up. off that mask. He needs to take off that mask. Yo, he's a big dude, though. Like, you've yes. seen him, like, yo, he, he was has doing good moves. crazy moves. Yeah. He has good moves, but the gimmick sucks. But yeah. he has good moves. Go as yourself. You you can probably main event as yourself. His talent was showing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Orange Cassidy just made a joke of everything when he did the stupid kicks. And then this is why that type of crowd, were, it, it, it was specific for that type of crowd because it would never work. It would never work anywhere else. Yeah, Literally, that crowd is probably the only crowd that knew who that guy was. Exactly. Because, and they were like, when he was doing his soft kicks, like touching they, him, basically touching him real soft, they're going, whoa, 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 yeah, all into it. Yeah, they were popping for it, yeah. It's like, dude, it, 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 there's a place in time for comedy that wasn't the place in time, and it's it, and definitely not the way he did it. Definitely not. I'll tell you this, it was pretty impressive that he... He kept he kept up like that with his hands in his pockets. <laughs> yeah, he has. He has. I, I, I give him that. I give him that. But I said. But after that happened, I said, when you get tossed over the rope, let's see if you keep your hands in your in your pockets. Oh no, he he took them out real quick though. <laughs> <laughs> and when that happened, I said, yeah, okay, you belong outside. But he took them out real quick. You know what that reminds joke. me of? Talk about an yeah. old Royal Rumble. Uh, there was one maybe two or three years ago. When they had a bunch of the two hundred five live guys in in there, and uh, Jack Gallagher, right? His his deal back then was was the umbrella. He was like he had the umbrella, and somebody tossed him out, and he had the umbrella in his hand, twirling it like Mary Poppins coming out. I was like, yes, I remember that. But he was still wrestling, though. He was yeah, still wrestling. Yeah. I give him credit. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't in there saying, "Oh, this is fake." Whatever. He was yeah, still yeah, trying. Yeah. 
and he got tossed out with the umbrella. And, and it looked all, and it looked awesome too. It was hilarious. It did, but <laughs> it, everything has a time and a place. Yeah. And it was the time, and he had his little seconds there, and that was the place also. It, it just, it, it, you know, there's always in the Royal Rumble, there's always time for like that one, one moment like that, and that's what they were trying to do with Orange Cassidy, but it was horrible. It, 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 if if the business had never been exposed in '97, it yeah. would have exposed it. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, this is definitely fake. Well, speaking of '97, um, uh, how did you feel when you saw Glacier in there? <laughs> uh, well, I, I understood. I I, I just didn't. Is like he the mist. like? Is he a Cody guy? Like, is he friends yes, with Cody? Yes, he's a Cody guy. Oh, okay. He's a Cody guy. I just, I just said, oh, the mist. That's just stupid way to eliminate that. Uh, oh, the wrestler that was horrible. I thought I saw a Bastion Booger in it, and then I realized that was somebody else. <laughs> I was like, Bastion Booger's back? No, I, I think he's, I think he's dead. No, I think Bastion Booger died I think years he ago. Did die. But this <laughs> well, was you, uh, you were talking Ace about Romero? Uh, Ace, Romero. Ace Romero. I, I actually know who that is because he's a, I think he's a, he's a New York guy. I think he's a New York indie guy. He wrestled. Uh, uh, he a couple of times he's wrestled the dude that I had on the podcast uh, a few uh, about a, for the WrestleMania show. Uh, my boy Vince Steele, who's out there doing his thing, keep doing your thing, big boy. I'll try to see you out in July. Um, but yeah, they wrestled a few times. Ace, uh, Ace uh, Romero's a big freaking dude, man. He moved. See, he moved see, for his for his size. Yeah, he moved big for his fucking size. guy, man. My God. And then who who else we had in there? We obviously we had Dreamer, we had Jimmy Havoc, we uh, had jo- the the stealer of the show, MJF. MJF. Yep. He mm-hmm. took every moment while everyone would always leave the middle open. It was it was it was like it was it was a joke. Everyone would leave the middle open for a moment, and it's like, come on, man, you got to keep rumbling in there. You know what I mean? But he would come in and steal them. them. Every time. Just like what he did with the the guy with no legs. The first thing he did, he just stomped them down. That's it. That's it. Yeah. He didn't care. He He did what anybody else would do. He low-blow people. He just didn't care. He took the moment and he came out. He came out a star. The star of AEW. Yeah. He's definitely the top heel uh, for me at this point. I mean, obviously, obviously Jericho. But, um... But yeah, I think yeah, the MJF had the biggest, had the most heat. He had the most, you know, like you said, the most moments in that in that, that circus of a battle royal that they had. But uh, he was definitely the star of that battle royal for sure. Um, and of course, you know, uh, you had who else? Um, yeah, you mentioned Dreamer. Uh, you had Joey Janela who took a sick bump from that Luchasaurus guy um, through the table. I think his head went right through. It was sick. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't like Janela. I'm not a Janela fan. I just, I think, I he's think, like a, I, he's a hardcore guy, right? Like he's the, yeah, because all these indie people, they love, and and you know what? I've been watching for the last several years. I've been watching like I had stopped really watching more WWE product, and I watched more indie stuff. And I, it, it, one of the things I would hate is always the streamers. I'm like, yeah, I'm, they do that a lot of Ring of Honor and, and yeah, you know, it's just they took like that from indie. Japan. Yeah, but the Japanese stopped doing that. They stopped already. But the whole thing is, like, you would see people say, oh, this person's the greatest tag team. Oh, this person's the greatest whatever. And they always want to see everybody put over. You can't put everybody over. And that battle royale showed us why everyone can't be put over. Not everyone's the greatest talent. And matter of fact, when I compare AEW's roster 
to Impact's roster. I think Impact has a better roster. It's just Impact's bad management, and they have no TV deal now because their own stupidity and their ownership. But Impact has a better roster. I'll tell you this. I'm interested to see where Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux go. Mm. I think I, I think they'll probably be the next two, probably to show up in a in in AEW, probably at all out. They'll probably pop up. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting because Killer Cross is a big big bastard. He has a good character. He's decent in the ring. He's not bad. And Scarlet Bordeaux, I mean, you know, she's the smoke show man. She that's a that's a nice little chick right there. <laughs> you add that little bit of eye candy to your to your female roster because I mean. Uh, let, down the line, the short amount of females that they have, and we'll get into the female matches in a second. But um, let me see. They 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 added Allie, who did commentary for the for the four way. It ended up being a four way. Um, you have Nyla Rose, who technically is a dude, but we're not gonna go there. Um, then <laughs> then we'll you know you got Britt Baker and you got the Bailey wannabe Kylie Ray. Um, well, she's not bad, but let, let's let's face it, Bailey's been around for the past what seven eight years, and then this girl is obviously a little rip off, but it, it's okay. Um, then you got some of the Japanese girls. I don't know if those girls are staying or if that was a one time deal. Um. Then, you know, I don't know if Awesome Kong is staying either. That maybe was a one-time deal also. Who knows? And in terms of you always need that one chick that's not really a wrestler. She can wrestle or whatever, but has to be that eye candy that catches all the male's attention. Whether it be Sable, Sunny, or anything like that. You need at least one of those type of chicks. And Scarlet Bordeaux is that chick, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she can wrestle, kind of. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say she's... You know, she's not, you know, Eddie Guerrero, you know what I mean? <laughs> and she's not she's not Charlotte, you know what I mean? Or, I think, or anything I think like that. That formula has been done and it, it it hasn't been successful. I think what you need is when you do women's wrestling, you need first of all, real women. You can't have people that are not women fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because let's be real, there's a war against women, but let's not make this show political. But <laughs> it, it, it's it's just like it's called a women's division. What are you going to do? Like, it needs to be women. And then on top of that, it can't be the formula that WWE did because that sets it backwards. It needs to go forward. And, and, and so I, I understand your point about the eye candy, but it's just like, if you're going to take wrestling, female wrestling serious, you have to pull away from that. And, and, and if you're trying to sell for television, I can see why they do that. You know, because there's a certain population that wants to see that. And, you know, it, unfortunately, not everybody wants to see that. But I guess when you're pulling people, they do that. But if you want to take women's wrestling seriously, you need to pull away from that instead of just yeah, staying yeah. that. I mean, even if she's just a valet for Killer Cross, I'll take that. I mean, she doesn't have to be, like, in the ring. Like, kind of like how Joey Janela has Penelope Ford, which I forgot about her because she was out there, too. Um, but even if she's just Killer Cross's little side valet chick or whatever she doesn't have to be in the ring but it just gives another you know gives the casual guy fan who's sitting there who doesn't know 80 percent of the roster like oh look at this dude and he has a nice little chick with him oh that that's cool you know what i mean just a, any any red-blooded american man is gonna see that chick and go okay and then they see this badass big dude over here killing people oh th- this is cool you know like it j- just Give the give the crowd that you don't have yet, because like you said, the the hardcore fan is very minimal in terms of the overall scope of 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 television. 
You know what I mean? So the hardcore you, fan, the indie fan, yeah, he's just a small percentage. They're both two separate bodies, and they're both very small in comparison yeah. to what's the mainstream. Remember, there were 10 million, 11 million people watching WWE, WCW in the height of the of the uh, Monday Night Wars in the in the late nineties. Yeah. Now you only have two million people watching, if that. You know, and so. <laughs> And, 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 and then Impact's numbers come out. We keep going to that 100K if they even still get that. Yeah, if that, yeah. You mm. know. It's sad. I, if, we, if we did the research and we looked at the buy numbers at Crockett Cup and, and, and RH Honor Club and the New Japan um, service that's out there versus WWE service that gets, I think they have two, 2 million members or something like that. If we if we did, looked at those numbers too, we would see buy rates. We would see viewership rates because you can't, really compare buy rates unless you're looking at the pay-per-view and then combining it with the streaming service. Yeah. So so if you look at those things, it, it it's just a small segment. It's just a small segment. So there's 8 million people who have disappeared, and that's called the mainstream. That's why it was so popular. That's why the WWE characters and the WCW characters were coming out on Late Night NBC, on uh, The Tonight Show, on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. On 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 uh, Mad TV, you had them coming out on. You had both WWE, WCW wrestlers coming on Mad TV during that hype, you yeah. know. So so if you want to get back to that celebrity status, you have to you know weed out some of the things. And AEW just showed me in that whole pre-show. If I am contemplating the fifty dollars, I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I did, stream it. Yeah. And Conan and uh, those TNA guys were streaming it themselves. <laughs> they admitted it on that keeping it 100 that they were streaming it as well. <laughs> so because they refused, they were like, I don't know about that whole fifty dollar thing. And yeah, it's a hard it's a hard sell, man. That pay per view should have been twenty five. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I you, agree. You get people in. That no. paper, it should have been $25 because 50 bucks, and, and I think for HD, it was 60 or 60-something. It was just like, yes. that's tough, man. It that's is. tough. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like you don't have a great roster. You have – your only recognizable name is Jericho. People, not everybody knows um, Omega, like you said. Yeah, they know and- Dustin Rhodes, but they're like, oh, Dustin's wrestling still? You know <laughs> And the thing is, not everybody really knows Cody like that. I mean, let's yeah. be real. The last time Cody Rhodes was something in WWE, you know, it, it was a long, long time ago by now. You know what I mean? Ago. Yeah. And three years ago, he was Stardust. And I'm sure a lot of people probably don't remember that either. So it's like, okay, if you ask a casual fan, let's say a, a casual fan hasn't watched wrestling in seven years. When they think of Cody Rhodes, what are they going to think of? I don't know. Maybe, oh, is that the guy that was in that gang with, with Randy Orton and Ted DiBiase Jr.? Like, uh, yeah, sure. But they're not going to know the Cody Rhodes that that dominated Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling and and had a cup of coffee in TNA and and started his own thing with Bullet Club. And then, oh, now this is AEW. Now this is all elite, blah, blah, blah. Nobody's going to know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, like you said, the most known guys, obviously until the end, there's a third one, but now the most known guys right now is Jericho and, and a 50-something-year-old Dustin Rhodes. And exactly. it's like, 
And those yep. people who, who, who are constant watchers of WWE who know who uh, John Moxley is. And they might still call him, oh, look at Dean Ambrose. Oh, yeah, look, Dean Ambrose is on there. They're yeah. not going to say John Moxley because if they see the name John Moxley, they're like, I don't know who's that. They see Dean Ambrose. Uh-huh. Oh, look at Dean Ambrose. Yes, that's Don Moxley right there. Oh, oh, oh that guy from The Shield. Yeah, Remember, there's yeah, no WCW. <laughs> so it's not like back in the days where you understood names would change once they left WWE. They're going to yeah. be like, uh, what happened? It's like when Drew Galloway um, left, and, and when he had left uh, as Drew McIntyre, he reinvented himself from that joke that they had him on to this now beast that they have him on WWE now. But they had to remarket him as Drew McIntyre, you know, because people didn't know who Drew would not know Drew Galloway, or they would say, why did his name change? They yeah. don't understand the whole trademarks and the copyrights behind the, the whole naming situation, but. That's like I'm sure when Scott Hall walked onto WCW Nitro that night, everybody was like, oh, look, it's Razor Ramon. You know what I mean? Nobody knows who Scott Hall is. Last time he was Scott Hall was probably in the AWA. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So, you know, everybody's going to not know who Kevin Nash was either. You know, they're like, oh, look, it's Big Daddy Cool Diesel. They said, I was a kid. I said, oh, my God, Super Shredder's on WCW. That's what I <laughs> Everyone forgets that he was he was acting as the Super Shredder in the Ninja yeah. Turtles in the early 90s. In the Teenage but... Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he was Crazy Super stuff. Shredder. It was, it was, uh, he was big in that movie. I was a yeah, big monster. Big but... dude, man. In the height of his steroid days back then. <laughs> and, 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 and we're still, and the, the funny thing is we're still having discussion about the Battle Royale. Because yeah. it had so many bad things to it. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what was a saving grace? It, okay, all the behind-the-scenes things suck. Because I like Peter Avalon. A lot of people don't know who the hell Peter Avalon is. Oh, yeah. I like Peter yeah. Avalon. But He's the an gimmick, annoying little bastard. <laughs> but the gimmick with the librarian thing is just... It, it went... The shh, 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 that whole thing yeah, went well, him on and, and, and uh, on. And, uh, and Blue Pants over there, Leva Bates. Yeah, I was wondering. I know who that person was. I was like, I don't know who that is. Do you, so, you remember? You remember her in NXT? No, as, I don't. As as blue pants when she. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember. She. Uh, I don't know. If, well, well, we'll talk about takeover in a little after we finish with AEW. But there was a takeover, um, back in back a few years back in New York, actually, I do believe, where the revive was it the revival? No, 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 no. It was Blake and Murphy with with uh, Alexa Bliss defending the tag titles against the Vaud villains. Okay, and um. They needed a girl to combat Alexa Bliss with her with her uh, interference and all that, and out came Blue Pants, which is Leva Bates. And um, now the whole Blue Pants thing started with Big Cass and Enzo Amore, because apparently they brought out a girl when uh, when Carmella was training quote in quotes uh, to be a wrestler in NXT. They brought her out on the show and they had her go against a job girl named blue pants because at the time she could only afford those blue colored pants she had on so it (laughs) became a long running joke blah 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 everything was blue and then you know she had a giant pop that night when she came out with the bald villains and they beat blake and murphy she helped them beat you know alexa and all that and she had a few matches on nxt television throughout like those first couple years or whatever and then she just ended up going back to the indies i think she was a ring of honor product she was in ring of honor probably seven eight years ago um, still a young girl, even though she's been in the business for about maybe 10 years by now. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I, I knew who she was right when I saw her, because I was like, Oh, the blue hair, the blue fingernails, just to remind everyone that she was blue pants in NXT, even though, you know, she's going by leave a 
Bates, which is her original name. So, yeah, the the whole librarian stuff, and I guess they're going to be a duo, a male-female duo of librarians or whatever. She'll be in the women's division. it will be in the men's. You know, uh, Peter Avalon is a little a little guy. <laughs> he's not as little as Marco Stunt or whatever that kid is, but yeah. he's probably just as big as Jungle Boy, maybe. He, I don't he's know. about 5'10", about 170 pounds wet, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, he did have some cool. interesting matches with Tim Storm, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. And I saw in, that uh, he had Arizona, time. right? Yes. Uh, Arizona, the, those um those companies that NWA owns. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I saw him enough to say, oh, okay, he's okay. He, he and he's annoying and he he could he could he's good on the mic. That's why they need to pull him away from that librarian thing. If they could pull him away from the librarian thing, he could be a good mouthpiece. Yeah, but that li- that librarian gimmick is 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 interesting. It's yeah. like it's like you know what it does? It's I it's the modern day equivalent of putting Shane Douglas as Dean Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> because Shane Douglas was great on the mic at that point. He was starting to be like you were like, oh wait a moment, this is not the Shane Douglas that went with Ricky Steamboat. There's another yeah. guy. Yeah, that's know? not the dynamic dudes from back in the day. This was a, <laughs> this was, this was a, a Shane Douglas that was uh, burying people in ECW, talking mad junk about WWF and all that stuff, and then he sells out and goes to WWF, and they made him a freaking dean, they made him a freaking teacher. <laughs> but he had mic skills, and I think uh, Avalon is kind of the modern day, same way. But uh, the gimmick doesn't work. But, uh, um, you know, and then I look at the rest of the pre-show. The, the, yeah, the package a... that they had, the video package was great. And actually, Sammy Guevara and uh, Kip Sabin. Kip Sabin, yeah. You know, and the first time I saw Kip Sabin was probably a week or two before that on the World of Wrestling on um, Stadium Network. Right yeah, that's a, it's a British kid, right? Yeah, British kid. And, and they were pretty good. It was... It reminded me of two or five live. Of two yeah, because they, they're tiny. Yeah, those guys. But well, that are, was the saving race the pre-show. Yeah. That and the and the package between Cody and Dustin. The, the, yeah, because not for nothing, I don't think uh, Sammy Guevara and and Kip Sabian. That I don't think that would have been a good main card uh, uh, show. At least a pay per view match. I don't think that's a pay per view match that uh, you know, that'll get people excited. You no, know what that's I mean? A, that's a TNT. Uh, that's a TNT TV match, fight. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I agree. That's something that's you put a... on TNT. You get the attention. Oh, okay. This has my attention. Exactly. So it served that purpose on the undercard. It did. Um, and you know, as far as undercard, I think that was pretty much it with the undercard, right? Yeah, it was only those two matches. And um, the first match of the actual pay per view was a six man tag. It was a SCU, um, going up against the uh, Strong Hearts. I believe that's what they were calling themselves. Um, which is uh, Sema, who's who's was the only guy I knew on that team, because I think the two other Japanese guys are younger guys. Sema's been around for a long time. Um, you had a L. I think the guy's name is Linderman, which is a weird name for a Japanese guy. And um, <laughs> that sounds very American. I heard they're the the Chinese trainers or the Japanese trainer of the Chinese wrestlers. Or yeah, is it they versa? they are Japanese guys who are training. Chinese monks how to wrestle. Oh, and I think okay. it's called like Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. I think is the name of the company, and um, they're training Shaolin monks how to do professional wrestling. That's what they're doing. 
um, which is pretty freaking cool. I don't know. I, I, I think it was cool. But like, I don't know if they're, if that's exactly what they're doing, but it sounds freaking awesome. It sounds like a bunch of Luke Kang's wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Now, what do you think about that match, though? Like, what was it, your- it was okay. I, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I, I love, I, I love SCU. I mean, I, I've always been a fan of, of Daniels and Kazarian. Um, Scorpio Sky has always been. Uh, I mean, I haven't before they brought SoCal and Censored together. I think it was about maybe two years ago in Ring of Honor. This group came together. Um, I haven't heard of Scorpio Sky in maybe like ten years because that dude. I remember seeing him wrestling in the early to mid two thousands, and he was a flipping machine, and and you know he could do all these moves and stuff like that. Just like most of these guys that came from that era, like a Pac and an AJ Styles and 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 Ricochet, all all those type of guys that came from from that cloth of of flippy you know type moves. And um, when when they made SCU, I was like, oh shit! I was like, Scorpio Sky. Wow, I haven't seen that guy in a long time. And you know, seeing them together as a trio, they they've done very well for themselves. Christopher Daniels, I mean, damn, bro, what is he like fifty? Yes, he's fifty. <laughs> the dude yeah. can still go, man. He has a little gut going, but you know, <laughs> come on, man, is Christopher Daniels, man? He's still going. That's a guy. Um, cause, cause I wouldn't even say Frankie Kazarian cause Kazarian got a chance in WWE and he just didn't want to be there. Um, Christopher Daniels is a guy I felt like should have got a shot, man. At at least in NXT. I feel like that guy should have gotten a shot at some point because I feel like that dude is supremely underrated. Supremely. I don't know how you feel about him, but I mean, damn bro, this dude was enhancement talent in the attitude era back in 1997. I have on cassette the light heavyweight tournament that they had that Taka Michinoku won. And one of the matches was Taka and Christopher Daniels. What I think about Christopher Daniels, first of all, he's 49. I made a mistake. He's 49. I don't want to age him more than he is. He just hit 49 like a couple of months ago. Remember this. All I remember is Christopher Daniels in one of the greatest matches. And the, and his second match was the rematch of that great match, which was probably the greater, the better match of the two. So actually, it was, you know. Anyway, was that him, with, AJ uh, with Joe and Samoa Joe? Yeah, that's yeah. when I said, "Wow!" But I already liked Christopher Daniels when he was with Triple X, and he was when he was doing all that. When TNA exposed him to me, I said, "This guy is great." <laughs> yeah, and dude, I, and the thing is, I came across. I mean, I saw him in TNA, and I was like, "I think I've seen this guy before." And then I went back. And I have remembered, oh, shit, that's this dude, you know, he was in WWE, he was in WCW, he was in ECW for a little bit. There's a match that is probably still on YouTube that you could probably check it out. Um, back, uh, Christopher Daniels, I think, challenged Rhino for the ECW television title. And it was a great freaking match. And he caught, you know, Rhino was killing everybody back then. He wasn't, like, untouchable. And he gave Christopher Daniels... A fit, like a like maybe a ten to twelve minute match, and Daniels had offense, you know, and um he even hit Rhino with the with the Angels wings that 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 pedigree like sit out pedigree move that he does, and I was like yo like I, Christopher Daniels is has been the same dude since he's been like twenty years old, and he can still do it, you know the the best moonsault ever, the you know all this other stuff, he can still pull all that shit off, and and you know he's an entertaining guy. You know, he pretty much started Ring of Honor and and now he's, you know, a part of a new promotion. You can say, look, he's been a part of WWE, WCW, ECW, TNA, Ring of Honor, 
New Japan, all these other promotions, and now he's a part of AEW. What promotion has this guy not been in? <laughs> I know. I, I just this is what I have to say about that about that match. It probably went a little bit longer than it should have, but it yeah, was a good match. I agree with that. It was a good match, and I wish there was no battle royal. And instead, that match was on the pre-show and the Kip Sabin, um, Sammy Guevara match. And then I wish that, of course, the Pac match had never been canceled. Then you would have had that to fill the spot on the pay-per-view. But that was perfect. Those two matches would have been perfect on the pre-show for people to say, oh, this is the first time AEW, this is the first show of AEW. Wow, this is great. This has potential. Let me buy the show. Let Let me watch it. Let me actually pay and not get a free stream. Let me actually watch the show. Yeah, and, it, it and, and for it those who actually fans. don't know, Adam Page won the battle royal, and Kip Sabian defeated Sammy Guevara. But back to back to the that first match. So yeah, so I I definitely agree. I feel like the mat the tag match went a little long, um, but the moves um, were great. The oh, moves it was, were great. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. SCU, the other guys were good too, but SCU to me came out looking even better. But they were always like you said, they were always good. Yeah, yeah. Kazarian's yeah. still great. Um, even when he used to do uh, what was it, suicide? He used to come out. Oh, and that was that, that was so bad. I it was bad, man. but even even when he did the moves, I was like, I think that's Frankie Kazarian, and though <laughs> I think it was him and a raising red. <laughs> him, a whole bunch of guys did that gimmick. I think the the main guy who did it like consistently was probably T.J. Perkins. Um, yes, did yes, that, that's right. Did that gimmick for a long time. But uh, first, at first, it was it was Frankie, and and like you said, I think Red Pride did it. Um, even I think Daniels did it a couple of times. You, what was that? <laughs> what was that, that character that Daniels used to do? What was that Curry Man that yes. he used to do in Japan? <laughs> that yeah. was a funny. That was a fun gimmick. And yeah. Everybody was like, "Yo, that everybody knows this Christopher Daniels, man." <laughs> come on man he had that frumpy you know like build that he has he was never like fat but he was never like diesel either like it was like come on we know that's christopher daniels man come on and 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 when christopher daniels was was in his hiding tna i said you know you know who's a good wrestlemania opponent for the undertaker christopher daniels oh that fallen angel gimmick was yeah man i would have loved to see him just one year just come out and come out in the in the gown that he's come out in and just do that and the Undertaker just looking, and instead of whoever the Undertaker was gonna face at WrestleMania, now the the Christopher Daniels, a fallen angel, just taking the life out of the guy, and yeah, Christopher Daniels is now the opponent. That I mean, been a can, great WrestleMania can, moment though. Can you imagine Undertaker and Daniels looking at each other face to face? Undertaker is probably like nine inches taller than him. <laughs> I know, but then, but then, he, oh, way taller than him. But he would have been like Undertaker would have been like, who is this guy? And all of a sudden. You have Daniels doing all these crazy moves he did in the Samoa Joe AJ yeah. Styles match, yeah. and then Undertaker goes diving because you know he likes to do those little man dives, and then you have a real match where the Undertaker could actually probably feel like I can do things that I want to do, because he he tend in his height he used to tend to think he was a little guy flipping and 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 jumping, and he, and he almost killed himself against Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I know that's why that's why the match was good because he he um he. Opened himself up there. That's what he wanted to do. You can see in that Shawn Michaels match, he wanted to do that. So yeah. think about it. The guy is a little bit shorter than Shawn Michaels. You got the same type of flippity stuff going on. Undertaker would have had the Shawn Michaels match before Undertaker Shawn Michaels. 
Maybe people would have not cared about seeing it at WrestleMania. Eh, <laughs> take it one time, but not two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, I felt Daniels has been severely underrated for, for the career that he's put in. Yes. Um, I, I feel if WWE did a real professional wrestling Hall of Fame, at some point, I feel someone like Daniels should be in there, but he's never been in WWE. And I highly doubt that they would put someone who. <clears throat> not only hasn't been in WWE, but I mean he has, but not as a star. And he wasn't a star in WCW. He wasn't they a star. They put the Gagnes, you know. right? They aren't the Gagnes in? Well, just Vern. So he, I don't think he ever wrestled for WWE at any point. No, but I mean yeah, that's a legendary guy too. I mean, you yeah. know, like he was an NWA guy, and then he did his own thing, and then you I still know. don't understand how Bruiser Brody's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. But well, technically he is now. Because he was a part of that legacy Hall of Fame that they do, yeah. Where they but they just... need to they need to put him on it. Yeah, like, the whole I know. Thing, not yeah. a legacy thing. It's just they 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 throw I like they 20... put Abdullah the Butcher on it too. Well, Abdullah the Butcher actually got inducted like a few years back, which which drove Devin Nicholson crazy. You know Hannibal. What was yeah, that guy's name? He gave the guy Hep C. So, yeah, he says. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, what the Well, hell? And, and from what we saw in Dark Side of the Ring, we obviously know Abdullah the Butcher is not the not the most honest person. He's um, not. <laughs> lying. Oh, no, that conference never happened. Oh, no, you know, I, I wasn't there, you know? And then everybody else is like, yeah, yeah, you were. You were there. <laughs> but then again, I don't, I don't know if I could believe Tony Atlas either because he said some crazy shit in his time, too. But, Savio um, Vega's recollection of the story, um, Tony Atlas' story is consistent with what Savio Vega said, especially when Savio told Jim Cornette the, the actual thing. He said, I don't care, you know? He killed him. Yeah, he killed him. Yeah, I, saw him. I, 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 would, I would believe Savio. But he, he gave a lot of credit to Tony Atlas. Did Tony Atlas embellish a lot of it? Yeah, but even, even him and his story, he references Savio. So he goes back to it. So... Yeah, it could be that his memory he sees a little bit different. Um, but I think Tony Atlas may have the most reputable one. I'm just surprised that Dutch had a, a side in the story. You know? Well, Dutch is more like he doesn't want any problems. I could see him being more like, uh, yeah. uh I don't know, because he he was real hesitant to say anything. Like you notice he didn't say Jose killed him. But yes. at the same time, he was all like, "Oh, you know, I saw I saw a knife, but but I don't know." It was like, "Come on, man!" Come I know. <laughs> Come on. Who, who you... scored the? I, do you know what I missed on the on the on the AEW match with SCU? I missed who um, scored the pin. I know that they won, but I missed who scored the pin. You know what? I'm in the same boat as you. I think it could have been Frankie. I want to say Frankie got the pin, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I just remember ding 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 SDU. Yeah, like, I that I, I <laughs> not for nothing the same thing that you like just said. Like I felt like either I was getting a snack or or my back was turned. I'm not sure. I think, but was, I I came back to the show and too. yeah, they came back to the show and then it was SCU celebrating or whatever. I think they did a tag move, like a, it was a tandem move and somebody got, it could have even it could have even been Scorpio Sky that got the pin. I'm not 100% sure. They would, they, would, they would put the camera angles even later on. I noticed it more um, when the Young Bucks were wrestling against the Lucha Brothers. 
there was a move that was done, and the, and the camera guy went a different way to view a yeah. different fight that was happening yeah. instead of watching the move that just happened over the rope. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the camera the camera angles were kind of interesting in this show. Um, so, yeah, SEU gets that first, uh, the, technically the first match of an AEW pay-per-view of ever, and SEU gets the win. Up next, we had, it was supposed to be a triple threat women's match, which ended up being a surprise fatal four-way. Uh, Britt Baker, Kylie Ray, Nyla Rose. All of a sudden, you see uh, you see a Mrs. Rhodes, you see Britt. Brandy come out and she's in her wrestling gear. Now Brandy is I guess you can call her a wrestler technically. <laughs> she's not, but you can call her one. Um, <laughs> um she, everybody thought she was going to be throw herself into the into the match which would have been a real McMahon thing to do. I, I could see Stephanie doing that, but uh she came out and then all of a sudden she came out as a valet to obviously one of the most polarizing female pride wrestlers in the past 15 years, uh, Awesome Kong. So Awesome Kong comes out to a big pop. And and one thing Jim Cornette kind of hinted at was he wouldn't have wanted Kong and Nyla Rose to be in the ring at the exact same time at this point, saying it was too early, there was no buildup to have your, your two big female monsters to go at it. Well, that's um, the problem. I don't think he understood because he, he saw them... He saw Kong and Nyla Rose being like the same type of character. Yeah. But it's really, it's really not. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. And, and, and Cornette was being a little, you know, a little passive, being a little, eh. I don't think he know, knew. Not, I don't think not, he knew. I'm not, referencing, not referencing that this is actually a dude. <laughs> no, I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows. Oh, he had to. Everybody no, knows. He, he, I don't think he knows because he had his uh, reservations, and you know how liberal he is. And yeah. he had his reservations and, and was pissed about the whole Sonny Kiss thing. Yeah. So that was the problem he had. And then secondary Orange Cassidy, I had it reversed. I had Orange Cassidy the worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, <sighs> but uh, Britt Brit Baker gets the win on this one. Um you know, for the first female match in AEW history, what, what what did you? I mean, obviously the surprise of Kong was, was pretty match cool. Of the the night, yeah, not, not yeah. Bearing the the battle royal because that was probably worse. Yeah, the battle royal was bad. No, but that was... on the pay per view card itself, it was. Yeah, the worst this match. was definitely yeah. And and it even... also showed you what what I've said in one of your podcasts before. You can't build a, a, a you know a, a roster of women with out too much talent. The most talented person they had was Awesome Khan, and she was out on the floor and out of the match. Yeah, you know. But it showed you even Disco Inferno and um, Conan were having a discussion, and it sh- and they said it looked like a huge downgrade versus uh, Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch match. Like a oh, yeah. huge downgrade. You had the ripoff version of Bailey, and then you had. Dr. Bitbreaker, uh, and then you had the other one and, uh, that was on the floor with Awesome Kong. And the botches were just bad. I mean, don't be surprised if someone like Britt Baker, I mean, if, I mean, I don't know how much they pay her or how much they offered her in a contract, but uh, considering she's Adam Cole's girlfriend, I, w- I would assume at, one, at some point NXT, WWE NXT would probably try to scoop her up. 
Hopefully, at, in NXT, she learns how to wrestle better. It just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't good. You could be somebody's girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. It just it doesn't yep. it doesn't mean you're great. It, it yeah. just it just. I mean, just she's. Not... I mean, I've I've seen that girl wrestle before. She's had better matches. Um, it's just, I guess the the weird group of 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 people that were in this match. I don't know if it was just the chemistry wasn't there, or or whatever it, the case. But you know what? You know what? I noticed is it just they don't have the talent. Because when you compare it to the other, later on, the other female wrestlers, all those Japanese women that no one knew who the hell they were, yeah. that skill set was much better there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it just it just show if you're going to make a women's division and that's your, the head of your women's division, you better revamp it again. Well, I, I think they're probably going to set up something with uh, probably Britt Baker and Allie, who was doing commentary. And she was um, horrible character. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Marvez and her killed me. Oh my god! She's like, "Oh, that's nice," or whatever she said. I was like, "What?" I was like, "I don't know who's worse, you or Marvez. You both sucks." Yeah. Do commentary. I guess AEW and WWE just has bad luck with female announcers. Even though I think Beth Phoenix is doing okay for NXT. Oh, Um, I don't know about that. That, Rit, that, that Rit. pay-per-view today for NXT. I mean, be- she's I better was than Renee. I was like, oh. She's better than Renee, who's on every week. I don't know. <laughs> she, I don't know. Maybe it was just she was off today, but the match I saw, she, I was like, uh, she interjected like once or twice. Yeah. And it was like, what are you saying? I mean, le- which takes us back to, to a three-man booth compared to a two-man booth because... Why do you need three voices you commentating on wrestling stuff? That's just WWE inventing stuff. Yeah, but but then why is AEW following suit? Like they, you know, like you said, I think like you said, a Marvez. You know where it worked? Friend, I'm going to tell but... you where it worked. I only saw it on one show that it worked. Crockett Cup, and the, and the NWA, the other NWA one, the NWA seventy. When you yeah. had Cornette, you had Galley, and you had Riccoboni. Yeah, because Riccoboni and Galley can go. Riccoboni's good. I like Riccoboni. And and Galley is much more surprising than I thought because when I used to see Galley on uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, I was like, eh. But over the time when he's teaming up now with Riccoboni and with what he did with Cornette, he picked up some stuff. He picked up a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and I think he's like a weatherman in 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 Los Angeles or something like that. I think that's what Galley does. That's that's like his his original job, and now yeah. he's doing wrestling. He's picking up fast, and they were they were really excellent. They were really excellent as as a commentary team. They had me involved. Yeah. And but the three man thing doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah. You know? I, I I could deal with with I could deal with two people. Hell, Joey Styles did it by himself for like five years in ECW, oh, and 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 it, and it was fine. You know, from time to time, you know, he had uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, which isn't bad because Rude would just say some random nasty <laughs> shit. At t- and then <laughs> and then from there, he had the Joel Gertner or he'll have Cyrus oh. uh, or, or, or or who, oh, you know, the commentary. Yeah. Yeah. But he used to say some crazy stuff, too. And you'd be like, what? Freaking Joel Gertner. <laughs> I would say what? Freaking guy. Sign guy Dudley. <laughs> 
freaking Joel Gerdner, man. Freaking crazy dude. <laughs> it makes me want to watch some ECW tonight before the I hit the sack. The ladies love him. The ladies love him. <laughs> the quintessential stud muffin. <laughs> oh, man. Freaking guy. Classic. Then... Uh, after that, I mean, uh, Britt Baker got the win. And then after that, we had the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, defeating Angelico and Jack Evans. Um, this is pretty much like, what, uh, PWG versus Lucha Underground <laughs> in this, this is one. another match where the camera angles, I saw someone dive, and then they're looking, the camera guy is at another area, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with the camera guy? Well, <laughs> for, for, for like the best friends, whenever they hug each other, like no matter what company they're in, they give each other a hug, and the camera pans way, way back, like into the crowd, like, like, and you just they see need a to hug give a backstory on that. There's, there's no backstory. No, and, and you know what it is? You're catering, and that, and that's one thing that I noticed. You're catering too much to the fanboys that are there. The fanboys aren't gonna pay the bills all the time. You, you can't keep yeah. relying on. Okay, we're gonna sell out a ten thousand. Uh, seat arena and the fanboys are going to come you, you're not going to sustain the contract or make the money back for the Khan family without the TNT audience and and you can't continue these pay-per-views unless you do I, I don't know how they're going to sustain it it just they need it's going to be it's going to be a challenge I'll tell you that it's going to be a big challenge to see how the ratings do for 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 uh, I guess the rumor going around it's going to be called Dynamite or something like that, like uh, uh, the Dynamite show on TNT. I, I'm very very interested to see what the ratings are going to be for. I think I'm afraid the fr- of seeing it and watching WCW Thunder all over again. That's what I'm afraid it, of. Even though I think that first show is probably going to be their best ratings. Uh, that that's just for me. I think their first show is going to do amazing because yes. it's the first. It's going to be, you know, everybody's going to tune Psych- in. Everybody's interested to see what's going to happen. But um, let's see what week two looks like. Let's see what week three looks like. Let's see what week 12 looks like. You know what I mean? That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping they can find their groove, their way of doing stuff, and hopefully it's successful. And I hope they don't become all, you know, uh, let's. This is a war with WWE, bro. Don't concentrate on competing with Vince. Just do your own shit. You know what I mean? Just do your own thing, and you'll have your fan base. You know what I mean? Whether good, bad, or indifferent, you'll have your fan base. And whether you know you you get you get steam behind you, you catch lightning in a bottle, then more power to you. And if not, if it doesn't work, guess what? It doesn't work. You won't be the first or last failed company that comes down the pike. You know what I mean? But don't concentrate on going after WWE and Vince McMahon. It's like, you know, let's say UFC is coming up and now Dana White, let's say, wants to go after boxing. We said it in our pregame. Boxing has not had a one big, big fight in a long time. Now, just because boxing is at a low, that doesn't mean that Dana White is going to take over the boxing world. It's not going to happen. They've been around too long. They're too established. Concentrate on your own shit. You know what I mean? Just because WWE is at an all-time low right now does not mean just because you're the new kid in town and, you, and you're doing some good stuff doesn't mean you're going to come on national television and all of a sudden you're going to beat WWE in the ratings and keep doing it for the rest of the time. It's not going to happen unless... 
you do your own thing, you get your fan base, you get your foundation, and you just build on it and build on it and build on it. And maybe down the road, if you're some big hot shit, maybe you can maybe take away someone like a AJ Styles, convince him not to retire, or maybe even do a big time WCW style raid and take Seth Rollins or or, or you never know. You know what I mean? Nobody thought the NWO would form. No one thought Scott Hall and Kevin Nash would leave and go to WCW until it happened. You know what I mean? WCW gained traction and they had money to back it up. They have the same potential, but they need to learn from WCW's mistakes and do this shit right. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. And, and I also want to reiterate that AEW needs Randy Orton. <laughs> I've been saying it I don't know how long Randy Orton yeah he you know and he's that type the whole of, the whole legend gimmick and all that stuff it's just it's just great it's just hey great. man I mean and, and, and it's not like he won't have great matches with, with with guys like Omega and 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 most of the guys that they have there he'll have amazing matches with those guys you know what I mean and I think he's at a point in his career in WWE right now where he's just phoning it in. He's just doing whatever. He's just there. You know what I mean? He's done everything he could in WWE. There's nothing else left to do. What what's he gonna do? They could you know? they have stuff for him. There's stuff for him. I don't think they, they they I think they're thinking the same way you're thinking. There's nothing to do. There is stuff. Just put him on Raw, have him have the universal title. They can make a run over there. That's true. That's the only belt he hasn't but, had yet. But um, yeah, they they're not thinking that way, so it's not gonna happen. And no. that that could be an opportunity for AEW, and he could come out and say, "Oh, I've done it. Let me go to AEW," and then he would have an amazing run in AEW. And I could see him being Cody's ally after everyone thinks he's gonna be Cody's opponent. You know, yeah. I just I just see it, and that would make money. TMZ loves Randy Orton. You want <laughs> you want you want. Attention, put Randy Orton, you bring TMZ with it. It's like when um, Macho Man went to WCW. He brought the Slim Jim money. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. It's a business move. And plus, their boy, he's, it's his boy too, but, you know, it's <laughs> the yeah. But, uh, it, yeah, I, I just, I cringe with the show. Everybody thinks this show was the greatest show ever. It no, was it, it, was, it was a good show. It, it was, was a good show. show. It was a good average it started- show. It started it slow. Best, it was horrible. It started slow with that pre-show, but I'll tell you this: the three main matches that it was built on, I felt the, those delivered. You know what I mean? Yes. I rather I rather have the main. I rather have a full pay-per-view that delivers from beginning to end, but if I'm gonna have to bend and break a little bit, I'll. I'll I'll be like, okay, at least give me the three main events that actually mean something and, and have that deliver. And the it did. The most recent pay-per-view. Um, and, 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 I haven't, and I haven't put, you know, and, and, and I say like things like, oh, Crockett Cup. And, but the most recent pay-per-views, out of all of them, the best one, including the Crockett Cup with everything that happened WrestleMania weekend and AEW, now that everything has been completed, and the uh, impact pay-per-views that happened in between, the best pay-per-view up and down was that NXT, the weekend of WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the best pay-per-view. And how sad is that 
that the B, the, the, you know, the farm club, if you will, of WWE, even though they try to make it seem like NXT is his own thing, it's, it's WWE. Okay. Like, like how sad is it? And I've said it all the time. What is the biggest difference, I guess, between Vince McMahon and Triple H that Triple H can pretty much do whatever he wants for NXT, but can't do it on the main roster? I don't, I don't understand. It's 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 not it's not Triple H, and I've figured it out. It's not. We all think, oh, it's Triple H or Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon. It's not that. It, if you look at it from a perspective of Tom McGee, Tom McGee, Bret Hart. I finally got to see that match. Oh, Bret you finally Hart, saw it. Yes, and Bret Hart made Tom McGee look awesome. Yeah, he made him he look worked. like yo. Bret the, Hart made Tom, Tom McGee look awesome. Tell me, son, is Tom McGee's Kenny Omega's father? Because yo, if you <laughs> if you look at that match with him and Bret, I'm like, yo, that's <laughs> Bret Hart against Kenny Omega, bro. Like exactly, that's what the, it looks like. The curly hair, the build, the dude also was Canadian. Diesel, also <laughs> Canadian. I was like, what the hell? I was like, he's doing flips. And this is the late 80s, mid to late 80s. I'm like, yo, that's Kenny Omega in the 80s, bro. You know what it was? Bret Hart was ready for a flippity guy. That's why Shawn Michaels worked with him. But not everybody on the roster was ready. Yeah, that's why Tom McGee didn't go anywhere. That's why. Yeah, and so that's why they didn't have a good good match with him. That young Tom McGee in 2019 would be Ricochet. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah. And even and, and that's that's what happens with NXT. It's not NXT per se. It's the difference between Ricochet and Johnny Wrestling. There's a reason why Johnny Wrestling is still in NXT. He will not survive on the main roster. And people would say, oh, they didn't use him correctly. They didn't whatever. Not everybody's meant to be a main eventer. And Johnny Wrestling will not be a main eventer on the main roster. I'll He's tell you good. this. Tommaso Ciampa getting injured really messed that up because... I, I think Ciampa is more of a main uh, roster player than Gargano is, but they brought them in to be that DIY tag team in WWE on the As main roster. As a tag roster. team? Okay. Yeah. As a tag team, okay. But then this is where you have Authors of Pain or where, or where you have a team like The Revival that they could feud with. But instead of, instead of using The Revival like a real team, because they're a believable team. Yeah. And they should be smash mouth kicking ass. But people don't, they, they, you know, and the revival is one of those rare exceptions where they are being used incorrectly. They are. But not everybody that goes to the main roster is used incorrectly. Look at EC3. EC3 Oof. was great in, in TNA. He's in not WWE. getting used at all. It's, He's not, not, it's get- not even that they're using him. It's like, it's just like Apollo, Apollo, whatever his name, Cruz. It just, you're not a main eventer. Yeah. You're not. But meanwhile, on the indies, as, as well, I think his name was Yuha Nation or something like that, the, the, the dude was, was badass on the independent scene, but he can't even, he can't even sniff a win in WWE. You know what I mean? He, yeah. Nothing. It's like uh, Gallows and Anderson. And Gallows and Anderson was awesome in the indies. And they've, they're misused because WWE has a bad time with tag teams. And it is not that Gallows and Anderson are bad because they're a great team together. But you could see when you when you look at some of the roster, you can see out of and, and I and I read somewhere recently, I think um yesterday or, or probably earlier today, where I think there were thirty-two wrestlers that had not appeared on on, on Raw or SmackDown in the last two weeks. Thirty-two yep. roster wrestlers. That's a lot. 
And well, that's that, uh, me- I think that's why they created that uh, that fake hardcore title that that our truth is running around with. I know, and that and, okay, our truth is is past his time, and even he's getting, you know, a lot of opportunities, and he's running around with that title because he's past his time, but he yet he's still marketable. He still he had some it factor back then. They didn't capitalize on WWE, but there are some wrestlers that come in and they just. Everybody thinks, oh, because everybody wants every indie guy to be a top guy. Not every indie guy is a top guy. No, Matter of fact, no. the majority, I'm going to say 90 to 95% of the indie guys out Enha- there are enhancements. not top guys. Enhancements. Yeah, exactly. Those guys back in the days would have been the preliminary wrestlers on freaking Velocity. Super, superstars or something. Superstars. Yeah. All those uh, Heat. Um, uh, WCW uh, Saturday nights main event. Yeah. Uh, WWE Saturday night that used to come out on CBS that they used to have yeah. preliminary talent. Yeah, those are the, those are the guys that would have came out in it, and yeah. that's what people don't see. Oh, and the indie scene and the indie scene. Those are what always those wrestlers. There's a reason Listen, why. Man, a key example is you mentioned Sunday Night Heat. I remember. I think CM Punk was feuding with Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor. And on one Sunday in Chicago, he's jobbing out to Val Venus. So it's like, you know, yeah, he's having one-hour broadways with, with Samoa Joe and killing it. But guess what? He's losing to Val Venus in five minutes on on, on, on Sunday Night Heat. That, that's what it used to be. WWE, they say it all the time. Vince McMahon does not know or watch anything except WWE. He's not going to know what you did or whatever. That's why he has scouts out there. That's why he has William Regal and 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 other uh, Norman Smiley and a bunch of other uh, a bunch of these guys who go to all these independent wrestling shows and they're the ones who do the research and they're the ones who bring people in and then they bring them to the performance center and all this other stuff. It, I remember Raven telling a story about how when he came back to WWE as Raven, <laughs> Vince McMahon didn't know who he was. And he was working as Johnny Polo uh, in WWE for years. And he even worked on the production crew and, and all this other stuff. And Vince McMahon said, oh, we got Johnny Polo back? It was like, yes. And he's been raving for the past 10 years. He knew him as Johnny Polo, the guy who used to hang out with his son. Yes. Yeah. we knew him as. He didn't know who the hell Raven was. And that's that he had totally reinvented himself. And that's that the Raven character showed up on Monday Night Raw when ECW invaded in 97. He was ECW champion. Yeah. And he still didn't know who he was. It was like Vince McMahon does not know or care what you did on the independent scene. Once you come to WWE, you're now his creation. You're now in his vision. And I am totally and I am genuinely happy and surprised that AJ Styles has been treated that like the star that he is in WWE. I'm super surprised about that. I, I've been I've been happy about that for the longest of times. But he already Vince McMahon knew about him though when he was in TNA because they called him the hottest free agent. And that was that came from Vince McMahon's office one time. And that was actually on USA Today. I remember them saying the hottest free agent is now available on the market and Vince McMahon knows it. And then he was trying to get him to not go to Japan. And he went to RH and went to Japan. And then he became even a bigger noise. So he wins the IWGP t- title. And, and believe it or not, McMahon knows who wins the IWGP title. That's yeah. one thing he knows. Well, that's like, If you're making he, it over there, yeah. he's paying attention over there. He's well, not remember, paying attention he, to RH. He used to have that relationship with Anoki back in the day. Uh, 
WWE, a lot of people don't remember the WWE. Yeah, I know everybody remembers WCW, uh, Ring of Honor, all these all these promotions. TNA, they had those dealings with New Japan. WWF back in the day had that relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling back in the day. That, that's why Bob Backlund used to defend the WWF title in Japan and, and wrestled Inoki. He technically lost the title to Inoki, but WWE doesn't have it on record as, as a championship loss for Backlund. They just say, oh, he was champion six, seven years straight. Meanwhile, Antonio Noki defended because he lost the fight about he lost the belt about three times in that in yeah. that course. Of time. Yeah, I think he lost it to Greg the Hammer Valentine once, yes, but they didn't, they, they didn't recognize it. Even though Valentine defended the belt in Madison Square Garden, um, he lost the belt to Anoki, and Anoki defended the belt one time in Japan. Um, he, yeah, WWE has been real weird about title changes back in the day. Um, but but they had that working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling before, which is why they had, I think, uh, the original Tiger Mask back in the day working for WWE. They had all these Japanese guys, you know, back then. So, you know, McMahon has, uh, and he probably still has that, you know, I, I don't know if he still keeps in contact with guys like Anoki or any of these guys from there, but I'm pretty sure, like you said, he keeps in touch or he's in the know when it comes to uh, the IWGP or New Japan, you know what I mean? Which is how he brought Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, Gallows and Anderson, and all these guys from New Japan, Kushida, and all these guys. I'm sure, you know... That's why Mc- he, brought, he brought some of them immediately to the main roster. Nakamura, yeah. he yeah. put them in NXT, and it was what, like maybe two months? Three months? Yeah, and that was mainly because of promo skills, because the guy can't speak English... Yeah, and and you know they were trying to just work on that, but the character. And then the next WrestleMania, he had him. He had him. He had him win the Royal Rumble and had him in the next WrestleMania for the title. Yeah, main eventing with AJ. Yeah, so you know because he probably saw the match that AJ and Nakamura had in in Wrestle Kingdom and was like, you know what, I could have that at WrestleMania. Damn it, you know, like oh whatever, you know, I don't know, but but yeah, man, people seem to forget WWE is is a superpower and they've been around a long time and they've dealt with a lot of these promotions that these people wouldn't have thought that WWE would ever work with. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy stuff that has gone down and, and, uh, you know, we, we, we get sidetracked and we got kind of sidetracked. Yeah. The best friends match. But, um, (laughs) But that just shows how, great that match was that you know we just started on a whole tangent of other stuff but um just to put the kibosh on that uh and to keep on rolling uh i think the best friends won that match uh i don't know how but it's not a big deal uh, it wasn't a good match <clears throat> no no it wasn't it was... and what was worst about the match is how it ended you know when the I, whole... honest, I honestly don't remember <laughs> exactly because you had a team of jobbers who the fanboys didn't even know who they were, except for like some fanboys who started like jumping up and down, like if they knew, like, oh, it was the best thing in the world. And you had these guys, apparently they're called the Super Smash Brothers, and they had like oh my 10 God. demons come out. That was and terrible. They, it was horrible. And then I come to find out, listening to Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette saying, oh, this is a group that everybody in the internet was like, oh, they're the best tag team ever. And they were, Ring of Honor used to book them back in the days because they were cheap. They yeah, used to come they, in cheap, they, they and they were horrible. They used to chop them out. They used yes, to chop them out. They were choppers. Yeah. 
They were they jobbers. To, I remember they too. they used to job them out to the kings of wrestling, who was uh, uh Chris Hero and Cesaro. They used to job them out to the Briscoes. They used to job them out to everybody. I, I I've seen and them yet everybody's acting like oh this is the best team in the world again again something that had happened before where people were like this is the best team which Jim Cornette got rid of them because he was like oh these jobbers let's get rid of them and they're cheap I'll tell you this I've seen those guys plenty of times and I didn't even recognize them when they popped out I was like because no one knows who they are I was like who no the one cares hell? either <laughs> like I was like who the hell are these like, guys man <laughs> as looking at it from a mainstream eye I would have been I was like what the oh my god please you turn off the lights for this for 10 guys creeping out it's like it, you it, you it, it, it's poorly executed and then you so what's gonna happen you're gonna have to get some team that super team to to take out 12 guys it, it just it just created a mess i mean i mean not for nothing when the lights went out i i honestly thought that it was probably gonna be killer cross because i because i know he asked for his release from Impact. I don't know if it was like 100% secure already or whatever. But usually when the lights go out, it means somebody special is going to pop up. Exactly. You know? And then it was these nobodies. Yeah, exactly. It was no reaction. And it was like the crowd died when they noticed it was nobody important. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay. Except for that one guy on the internet that said, oh, yeah, I know who they are. They're great. You yeah. know? No, no, no one said that. <laughs> it has to be somebody out there. That said that ridiculousness. But oh man, it was just but yeah. That that That's, was and then a horrible was, ending. That was terrible. It, that was a bad segment that could have been wiped out and no one would have missed it. it um, saying it was horrible <laughs> is harsh. It's harsh, but it, it was a bad match. It wasn't great, but that ending made it horrible. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back. I'm gonna rewrite it again. <laughs> and, and now and now at at. At all out, we're gonna have what the uh, triple threat tag match, the best freaking best friends and Helico and 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 Jack Evans against the Smash Brothers, the Super Smash Brothers. Wait which... till Nintendo comes. When Nintendo oh yeah, that's comes what Jim, that's, what, that's what Jim Cornette said. Let's see if they even have that. I name was thinking about that before Cornette even said that. I said, Super Smash. Are you seriously taking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had that name forever. They've had that name since. I think they wrestled in Chikara and they wrestled in PWG. They, I've seen those guys a few times. And uh, WWE had WWF forever until WWF yeah, until Wildlife, the Wildlife Foundation. We yeah. don't want you to have it anymore. <laughs> Unreal. So, <laughs> yeah, that 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 debacle ended, and then, uh, eh, we, I mean, we had the Joshi, you know, six six women tag match. Um, but but it was, it was better than it was better, it was than, better the than the other women match for sure. And I mean, the only woman I knew in this match was Aja Kong because you know she's a legend. But besides that, I mean, you had I'm gonna uh, try not to butcher these names. You had Yuka Zakazaki, you had Emi Sakura, you had Hiroku Shida, and Rio Abe and Ryu. Mizunami, Mizunami, and um, yeah, and, and you know, it was okay. It, it I mean, yeah, it was what okay, I, it, especially after seeing the the, the four way. This was like, oh, it's better. But people, you could hear the audience, and you could see the audience disinterest. Yeah, absolutely. And then after that, we had a uh, Bret Hart come out to present. The that a, was the, the AEW championship. No, no, that was after the Cody match, actually. 
Was it after the Cody match? I think it was after the Cody and Brent and Dustin match. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, for me, out of the three main events, I felt just for me, and I know the the Lucha Brothers and and the Bucks had an amazing match, but my favorite match was Cody and Dustin. I felt like they that was the best match of the night. They threw it all out there. Freaking Dustin bled like a freaking pig. Did you see uh, when he cut himself? People missed that I camera saw angles it. missed it. I, I think I saw it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he went like that under the under the under the ring apron and cut yeah. himself. I knew he was gonna do that then because you know no one's gonna really because notice. everyone's attention was on the other side and and yeah. so all the all the fans were like paying attention to whatever was happening on the other side and whoop, he cut himself right there. I mean there. the the match had everything from from uh, uh, Brandy interfering um, to Dustin pulling out moves that that you know he would never do. Um, and and just him and Cody, you know, they went back and forth, and it was just a a, a good, it was just a fight, man. It was a good fight. What, and, what did uh, you see from the match, though? What did you notice about the match that you may have missed? Hmm. I'm not sure because, I mean, I saw it once. I, I I've been meaning to watch the match a second time in its entirety to see if there is something that I that I missed or that I could have caught or whatever. But um, the whole in the beginning with Cody, you know, throwing jabs at Triple H, it was like, eh. Yeah, I would have left that out. Eh. I would have left you that know. out. You put too much attention on WWE. You could have exactly. taken attention from your own match. That He's takes lucky me that back to match what I said good. earlier. Do your own thing and stop worrying about WWE. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He almost killed his own his own federation right there. Paying too much attention. He almost killed his own match, which was the best match of the night. The yeah. best match. Hands down. Yeah, the, the next two matches... The, the last three matches were the best matches. But this was the best one out of all of them. But what, you, what I think a lot of people missed is... Everyone wants to see flippity-flippity stuff on the independent scene. Right? Oh, flippity. Yeah. Oh, he took a dive. Oh, 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 oh. This was... Wrestling, yeah, this they is told the, the same story. Thing, the same exact thing that happened at All In with Cody versus Nick Aldis. Yeah, wrestling. Yeah, everybody acts like, oh, we want to see Young Bucks kick, super kick, super kick, dive, 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 super kick, super kick, dive, 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 flip, flip, flip. No, when <laughs> you watch wrestling, it's all nice to flip and kick. And this is what I used to love about Shawn Michaels. He used to flip, he used to do a dive here and there, a kick, but he used to wrestle. Yeah, he was he was damn good and at it too. Why is AJ Styles so great now? Because AJ Styles air raid, he used to do all that stuff right when he was coming up. What happened? He spinal tap at TNA, awesome, right? But even in the midst of it, when he won the NWA title, he started wrestling. Yeah, he still did the spinal tap. He still did the the, the flips and the dives here and there. But it's the same thing. I don't know if you've seen Ricochet. Ricochet's changing too. Yeah. Ricochet's all those flips, all those things he's doing. He's wrestling now. Watch a Ricochet match. He's wrestling now. Yeah, he does a flip and a dive here and there, but if you watch him, he's wrestling. Even in Money in the Bank, if you watched him, he was wrestling in the middle of the ladders. Yeah. And yeah. I said, wow, he's maturing. And that's what has to happen. Cody's maturing. Dustin's showing him. He's having good matches with good wrestlers because one, Cody actually is one of the best ones at pulling his punches. He makes yeah. his punches look real. And he's wrestling. And wrestling sells. 
no matter what you want to see, you want to see all the trendy stuff and all the garbage that they kept on. Even the national anthem, everybody inclusive, let's be social justice warriors, let's do this and the ground. You're taking away from the beauty of what wrestling is. Wrestling is supposed to be good versus bad. You create a bad guy, you create a good guy, and you tell a story. And you actually have matches. Yeah, you do some flips and dives here and there, that's fine. But it can't be everything is independent, dive, flip, dive, thumbtacks in the thing, in the bag, like Ethan... Like Ethan, what was it? Ethan Page put that guy in the, in the, in the body bag with thumbtacks. I was just oh was, yeah. <laughs> you can't. It's it's just not hardcore, hardcore, hardcore. Even ECW, when ECW did all that hardcore stuff, when ECW wanted to become pay per view worthy, they started wrestling. Yeah, yeah. They had all the the crazy dives and the crazy like you know, like the Taipei death matches with uh with Axel and Ian Rotten and all this other. The barbed wire matches with uh, even with when like you a, had um, what was his name? That seventies guy. What was his name? Oh, Mike Awesome. When Mike Awesome was fighting uh, t- uh, Tanaka, right? That was who he fought. Yeah, Masato Tanaka. When he was fighting Tanaka, yeah, okay, they were going through tables. But if you watch what they were doing in between it, they were wrestling. Yeah, they were just wrestling up a storm. Those are probably was, wow, probably the better matches in ECW history for the most part those two you know and then you had your scientific wrestlers you had your chris benoit's and your dean malenko's and your eddie guerrero's and your freaking even shane douglas chris jericho even and shane douglas and not for nothing even sabu for for the for the crazy shit he used to do sabu used to technically was technically sound as well which made him van damme van damme too yeah that's why wwe made him champion because he was he would do flips and whatever and do these crazy things, but he knew how to wrestle. And Taz. He was technical. Yeah, Taz was definitely a technical wrestler. That guy had, like, he was like Dean Malenko, <laughs> a million holds. Yeah. Along with the crazy suplexes and stuff like that. ECW, I want to say from maybe 95 or 96 to maybe 98 or 99 even. Because in 99, a lot of them started to leave. Yeah. Um, they had probably a, the perfect mix of misfits and freaking great wrestlers you can find. You know what I mean? Yes. From from the crazy hardcore guys to the luchadors to the, to the tag teams to the technical wrestlers, they had it all, man. They had it. They had everything. Yeah, Rey Mysterio Jr. Man, and yeah, that, and they they did the but they blended the lucha the lucha libre style with the American style. They were the first yeah. ones. Yeah, they were able to do it. That's why everyone was able to transfer over to WCW and WWE with that Lucha style because now the Lucha style was Americanized. Yeah, apparently Paul Heyman said, and this was from uh, the Rise and Fall of ECW documentary that I haven't seen in a long time. I would like to see it again. But um, when WCW took Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit and Jericho and all these guys... He said that's when he made the call to Conan and got all these guys from Mexico. Rey Mysterio, uh, Juventud Guerrera, um, La Parca, um, Psychosis, all these guys. And Conan as well. Conan wrestled. A lot of people don't remember. Conan wrestled under a mask back then as well. And he used to just take the mask off in the ring like nothing because, you know, Conan had it like that back then. Um, A lot of those guys put on some crazy matches. I remember one match... um, that Conan had with the Sandman and, and Sandman was just hitting with the cane. Boom, boom, boom. 
and Conan just got right back up and beat the dog shit out of him. <laughs> because all the Sandman had was he was always high and drunk, and he would just hit people with his cane and low blow them, and that's what he was doing. Yeah. He really wasn't a wrestler, but he did put out some, you know, you had your niche guy. He was your niche guy. That's what he was. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tommy Dreamer learned how to wrestle too because he was the guy who perpetually lost to Raven, could yeah. never beat and win the title. It, 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 you know, it was great main event stuff because if you knew he was going to lose, but you're like, how is he going to lose today? And then after a while, you're like, you got to let him win one time. <laughs> Dude, I have the whole collection of, of, of the feud between Raven and Tommy Dreamer on DVD, bro. It's like, I want to say it's like 20 or 25 disc of DVD. And it's the whole freaking feud from from actual ECW television to house shows to pay-per-views to the, to the very end. It was that Wrestlepalooza 97 that... Dreamer finally got the win on Raven and Raven went to WCW. It was like from beginning all the way to end. I found it on some crazy I found it, I think it was on uh High Spots website or or RF video or something like that. But I bought it a couple years back and I, I, I made it like maybe halfway. I've seen most of it growing up and I had the collect I had most of those matches, but just to have the whole collection, I was just like, holy shit. Like I felt like I got the freaking holy grail, man. <laughs> you know, did you catch something on the when Cody walked in through the ramp? How how the cameraman was focused on the other on the other entrance ramp? And Cody yeah, because because they had they had two different entrances. I think one was for the heels and heels. one for the baby faces. And Cody came out of one, and the camera was on the empty one. It was like uh because you don't know who's heel and who's baby face with this whole independent movement. You need to yeah. go back to. They need to, not everybody can be a tweener. That's the thing. Everybody wants to be a tweener. You can be a face and be kick-ass like Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania 3 versus the Macho Man. You can yeah. do it. It yeah. can't be done. The tweener well, the thing is, I think obviously so Cody, for me, was the heel. Even though they tried to portray it like Dustin was the heel in the beginning, but it, Cody was the freaking heel in this match. Yeah, Cody was the heel. He was... The heel. He he was cheating. He was low blowing. He was doing all sorts of craziness. His wife, his wife threw the water in his yeah, face. Yeah, his wife was hitting Dustin and all that. It was painfully obvious that Cody was the heel in the in the match. Um, and then, you could tell one spot. I said something's gonna happen to Cody's pants, and then he pulled the pants, and then he whipped them with the belt with the attitude. Yeah, Cody yep. had the attitude killer belt. Yeah, and that goes back to let me go back to it one more time. Randy Orton. Why AEW needs Randy Orton? Attitude killer. Attitude killer belt. You let Cody get some attitude guys, let him beat him. And then the legend killer comes in and he starts coming because you know he has beef with all the indie guys. Let him start picking away on the indie guys. Yeah. Cody. Cody's gonna stand up to you. Well, Cody's well, stand well up to don't you. well don't give that idea because now WWE's using it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but and now know, and now everybody that comes up from NXT, Randy Orton's gonna attack them. <laughs> I would, I would love, yeah. Well, they could steal my idea. I want to see it though. But it's just like he would come out. I would have him set him up against Kenny Omega, because Kenny Omega's fighting for the indie guy, and Cody and um, Randy Orton just beat down Kenny Omega, and the well, young boys come well, up and they get beat down too. And then all of a sudden, it's he's in cahoots with him. And then now the attitude killer and the legend killer are together, and they're the indie killer. 
Well, Kenny Omega is going to be a little bit busy with John Moxley, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so obviously Cody gets the win with the crossroads, and um, at the end of the match, they they uh, turn back the clock to 1994 WCW when uh, Dustin Rhodes needs a partner to go against the uh, the Stud Stable with Colonel Robert Parker, and uh, he has his daddy Dusty in the ring and. You know, he got betrayed by Arn Anderson, who ended up breaking his arm and all that stuff. And a very emotional promo. And, uh, you know, we're like, I don't need a partner. I need my father. And then, you know, they, they hug it out and they become a tag team. And this is exactly what happened here. Yeah, except but it it's worked, Cody going for Dustin. Better. I think it worked better this time. Even I had a tear in my eye. I was like... And, and, no, and it, was emo- as, it was emotional. It was emotional. As corny as I, it was to me to say that, it had, I actually had a tear in my eye. Wrestling doesn't really do that to you. But you could see that people had a true love for Dusty. And they see... And people... That's why, that's why everybody wants AEW to succeed. Aside from the fanboys. I'm not talking about the fanboys. who just AEW is going to cure AIDS. Um, <laughs> it's aside from them. People are so invested in Dusty that you want to see Dusty's boys do well. And, and you love Dusty, and you think Cody's a great talent because he is. And you th- remember what Dustin did, because I remember when he was the natural Dustin Rose, I was like, oh, they got to they, they treat him better because he was so bland, but he was such a good wrestler, but he, the gimmick was bland because he was his daddy's son. Yeah. But then WWE makes him to the Goldust. I'm outraged, but then I love the character. <laughs> and like, so it, it's like you've seen him, you see the talent, you see what, what they're doing, so you want them to succeed. And now you had this emotional moment. You're emotionally invested. And that's how I felt. I felt emotionally invested. I said, wow, dude. Because I understood that. I said, wow, he's, you know what? He told his brother after having a fight. Everybody, you know, if you have brothers who are older than you or you have brothers who are close to your age, you're going to have fights with them. And then yeah. you're going to make up later. You know, it, 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 I've had it that... Uh, I've had fights with my brothers, and then all of a sudden, some outsider tries to have a fight with me or my brother, and either they jump in with me or I jump in with them, and we have that bonding moment, and that's just what it was. It was like, um, yeah, yeah. Even though I heard somebody in the interview say, you know, would have been crazy if Dustin would have said F you and walked away. Yeah, yo, if <laughs> if Dustin would have kicked them in the nuts, like I I would have I would have popped. I would have because I think people would have. I think people in that audience would have got angry. I would have popped too. I would have been like, oh. Well, the God, thing is, I, I I expect something like that from Cody because Cody's a dirty bastard in terms of his character. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like the whole Ring of Honor thing with the whole code of honor or whatever, where he gave Jay Lethal the big middle finger when you know when he went to give him a handshake or you know whatever the case, yeah. but. But uh, but yeah, man, it, it was emotional, and a lot of people don't realize they're they're half brothers. Like they're not full. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. I mean, I think Dustin is maybe fifteen to eighteen years older than Cody. Like, like he, it's a big age gap. Yeah. Like, Dustin you know, I was think seventeen when 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 Cody was born. Yeah, so you know, it's different mothers. You know, obviously, you know, so they're half. They're they're half brothers. You know, uh, Dusty was was there for Cody pretty much his whole life. He wasn't there for Dustin, so there was always that there was always that rift that oh, you know, you know, Dusty was 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 your dad and more your father than mine, or whatever the case, blah blah blah. So there's you know, it was an emotional segment. It was uh, you know, when it has to do with family, it's always it's always you know gonna be that way. It seems real. 
Yeah, and, it's and, a real thing, and it's something that can really happen. So, yeah, definitely people feel that. So, uh, you know, so they're going to be a tag team. Uh, they're going to go against the Young Bucks, I believe, in Jacksonville in that show. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but whatever the case, it's going to be out here in, a, in another few weeks. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll have the Rhodes brothers going up against the Young Bucks, who were in the co-main event to segue into that, going up against the Lucha Brothers. In between um, there was where um, the belt was presented. Yeah, where Bret Hart presented. And obviously, from the news reports that came out, Bret Hart was not their first choice to do this. It was it, Ric Flair. It was going to be the Nature Boy Ric Flair, who obviously was in the hospital at that point, um, who is now out of the hospital. Freaking Ric Flair is indestructible, man. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, Bret Hart came out and... <laughs> Yeah, man. He was like, I think I heard a video of him. I guess he put it on his Instagram. Yeah. He was like, oh, you know, nature boy, I was in the hospital, you know, for a few days. It was a $1.2 million bill. Um, But hell, I'm out looking better than I ever did. And I was like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm going to keep on styling and profiling and I'm not going to change for nothing. I was like, yeah, that means next time you're going to croak. But, you know, yeah. we'll see. Um. <laughs> So Bret Hart comes out to 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 pre- present this belt, and he calls out Hangman Page, who won the Battle Royal, and then he was a, here... he was also a bright spot in the Battle Royal. Him and MJF, that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. The, no my my favorite part of this is when MJF was like, "Oh wait, Bret a fan is coming in. Oh wait, no." Oh man, oh. he it 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 comes out natural from him, and even Bret Hart loved it. Yeah. He was. He was spoofing on Bret Hart the whole time. He says, the best there is, the best there was. No, that's whack. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bret Hart is there, like, smiling and looking at the crowd and saying, damn, I like this guy. Yeah. But instead, of, instead of staying in the role and acting like, oh, whatever, Bret Hart was admiring MJF, Max J. Friedman. This guy, Yo, the he's dude a is star. A, he's a heat magnet, man. Yes. He's a heat He's a heat magnet. Yes. And then Jungle Boy came out and, and, and yeah, Jimmy Havoc stupid. came Jimmy out. Havoc. I was like, and then they all pretty much beat him up. And then, yeah, whatever. Then after that, if Bret it was Hart... somebody other than Jungle Boy, maybe I would have been like, eh. But it was Jimmy <laughs> Hammock and Jungle Boy. And I was like, eh. It's a really? weird group. It's a weird group to come maybe out there. Maybe it was Jimmy Havoc and somebody else that was more main event believable. But it's like you had these marks from freaking um, the UK saying, oh, it shows that Jungle Boy is going to be in the main event scene. Seriously? You put him in the main event scene, you're going to be off TNT in, 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 by, the, by the fifth episode. <laughs> Putting him. Oh, we're going to market him because it's this guy's son. Okay. They will. After they five, will. After I, I, five I don't, episodes, I... if you put him in the main event, TNT's ratings will drop. People will not take it serious. I mean, I don't think they're gonna put him in the main event, but he will be advertised. Like he will that's be. That's what the that's like, what presented. the what culture guys were trying to say, and yeah. I was like, I didn't. I, I I stopped the, t- the 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 video. I was like, I can't listen to this stuff no more. I'll tell you this: um, with their rebooting nine hundred two and zero with the original cast, I could guarantee you just from that alone, they're gonna probably be like, oh. They'll probably do like some co-promoting there because because you know this kid of who he is and all that stuff. Yeah. And if you look at his face, he looks just like his freaking pops, man. Well, he does. Like, like it is a splitting image of of Luke Perry. It's just with longer hair and you know, 
and he's you know his small frame or whatever he's built. But th- what do you think of the belt? Um, it's an exact replica of the Mid South. I never really liked the Mid South title. Um, I thought it was just too gigantic. That's um, a huge. That's a heavy ass belt, man. I I think I think okay. The the middle portion of it when you when you break down the title. You have the middle portion, which is big, and then you have the two side plates, and then you have two more excessive side plates, and then you have the remainder part. I, I think they could do without the... It doesn't have to have five middle pieces. It could have had three middle pieces and, and, and had the, just the main piece and the two side plates. I think they, it went overboard when it did that, but it emulates the whole Mid-South title. If you research the Mid-South title yeah, that uh, Magnum TA had, um, it, it's the same. It's the same type of belt. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me of the IWGP belt, also, like the in the in the, in the, in the middle plate. Yeah, yeah. But then it, it's it's the mid south title with the IWGP middle plate. Yeah, that's what it is. If you just have to go look it up, you'll see it. Yeah, it was a big belt. It, obviously, Bret Hart had some trouble holding it, <laughs> which makes it makes me think it's super heavy. So for, so for whoever has to travel with that thing, God bless you. Um, that thing is looks like it's freaking block of of weight, man. It's just a big ass belt. Um, co-main event got the Lucha Brothers against uh, the Young Bucks. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I technically didn't see this match. <laughs> it was I saw, good. It I saw bits good. and pieces, but I, I haven't been able to like my stream cut off a couple of times, and I had to go back and forth. Um, but yeah, I technically didn't get to catch this match. Uh, the, the camera angles were poor on it, and they kept missing some spots. There was one spot though that was pretty good where um, Ray Phoenix got on the top rope, had the arm of uh, the one of the young bucks. Um, damn, I know them by face, I can't tell who's Matt and who's um, well, Matt Jackson is the one with the dark, like the black hair. And he has like the 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 pork chop sideburns. Um, and Nick is, I think he's blonde. I don't know if he's blonde, but he's Nick he's, is the one that looks older, right? There's one that looks older, and then I think the younger, yeah, the one Nick that looks is younger older. is older. Yeah, Nick looks older, and Matt is the one that is kind of younger looking with the. With but he's the, the older brother. Yeah, Matt is older, I think. Okay, yeah. so he was holding Matt's hand. He was the one that looks younger, which is the older brother. Yeah, and he was, and he was, and then the other one had fallen on the ropes, like in his groin, and Ray Phoenix did some ring around the rosy type thing, and he pulled some crazy move out of nowhere. It was good though; it was a good spot. I was like, "Wow, that's a pretty good move." Yeah, but it was, um, I, you know, I did notice the Lucha Brothers were um trying to wrestle um the Young Bucks. They're a good team, but they, they, they rely too much on super kicks and flips. Yeah. And, um, I you think know. They got the win with the Meltzer driver, right? That, yes, that, uh, that's what they got it with. Okay. But um, I, I still don't understand how on their first pay-per-view they were defending the AAA titles. Uh, that was another promotion. Like, Yeah, that's weird. I, I like, the I only real yeah. title match that they had was for the Mexican tag team titles. That just doesn't make sense to me. I understand all in because NWA is something that has gone around that way where they've gone cross promotion and, and just been defended in, in, in territories and promotions. And it was a known thing. You go to Japan, you go to, 
you go to UK, you go Europe, Asia. You, you, it, it's done. It's, it's something that's done with the NWA title. But the AAA title is not a global title. It's a regional to the Mexican fans, you know? Yeah, so yeah. It's there, one of the top promotions, but it's not a, a world championship. So I was... Completely... I guess I guess they figured we need at least one title match on this show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't Pac supposed to defend his... Uh, that Dragon... Crap? Dragon Gate title, yeah, yeah the probably. title that no one knows of that that he doesn't want to lose, that yeah. he, he thinks he's the new Brad Hart. Hart. <laughs> yeah, that's <was> silly, <laughs> it, real silly. Um, and now it, it it takes us to the main event, uh, Alpha versus Omega two. We got Chris Jericho going up against Kenny Omega. Now, uh, Chris Jericho with his entrance was uh, a couple of incarnations of of his WWE characters, um, his original Y two J all the way to the Jericho that has the light-up jacket, all the way to the Jericho that has the list, all the way till right now, the incarnation of, of Chris Jericho in AEW, um, which is obviously more of the rocker, Fozzie lead singer Chris Jericho than anything else. Um, and he debuted the new finisher, which he won the match with, which is just a spinning elbow called the Judas Effect. Um I, Overall, and I'll get into the ending in a, in a second. Overall, obviously for me, this wasn't better than their first encounter in New Japan. But, I mean, not putting it against that, if this was the first time they wrestled and you saw this match, how did you feel it went? If it was the first time they wrestled? Yeah. It was a good match. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't main event caliber. I think you could have shuffled it around and probably... I think Cody and Dustin could have main evented. Yeah, but but market wise, I yeah, I, I think I want it more because let's say if I erased the New Japan match and looked at it from a all in perspective and how he came in as one of the Lucha Brothers <laughs> and beat, beat him down, I would want more. I would want more out of the match. I think yeah, it's right it in. was it was almost just a straight wrestling match. It was it was good. It was good match wrestling wise. I think it took a couple of minutes too long. Um, I think it what was it like 25, 30 minutes? Twenty five minutes is a main event usually. Something like that. I think it was around around that. Yeah, between twenty five and thirty. Yeah. If it, it, twenty four to twenty five minutes would have been enough. Um, but um, I guess because it's a main event, you got to get twenty five minutes out of it. But um. I don't know where that rule came from, but it's it's a thing out there that a main event should last at least twenty five minutes. But um, I just I, I I like that he won clean. I like that. Uh, hey, he did he beat him clean? He didn't cheat. Nothing. Yeah. He, I, I, he I hit like him. That. He hit him with his back elbow and got the win. It's <laughs> a dangerous move in real life, you know. So oh yeah, it's oh, a believable yeah. move. You can he, he, if he misses. <laughs> Oh, if he catches him for real, he's taking his eye out. Like, like, yeah, you know, he's blinding he's him. He's gonna be bloodied and, and probably concussion. And so, you know, it, it, does it lead to a, a a next match between the two? Yeah, which probably Jer which probably tells me that Jericho will probably beat Hangman Page for the title and then lose it to um, Omega. I think that's a bad. I I don't know. I think if they wanna make it seem like like Hangman is a star like that. I think Hangman should be their first champion. And uh, cuz I don't know, man. Cuz uh 
obviously after the match after Jericho won. Now, uh, now after I talk about what what happened next, I want to ask you a question about Omega because I, I, uh, I, you know what? I'll just ask it now. Do you think he will regret not taking that offer from WWE? Yes. Yep, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Because AEW shows show me he's not the main eventer he thinks he is. But I yeah. never thought he was the main eventer he thought he was anyway. I remember when he came out the first time I saw him as a cleaner with the Bullet Club that he was the light heavyweight champion. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I see that they got a light heavyweight champion guy, and I saw him at that Wrestle Kingdom. I see him win. I said, oh, okay. So Bullet Club has somebody for each. That's when I understood that Bullet Club had someone for each title and each rank, the junior uh, heavyweight tags, the junior heavyweight, the, the world tag team champions. They had one for the Intercontinental. They had one for... Um, the the IWGP belt, you know, and then they had some 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 goons, you know. So just some yeah, because you figure out. you figure they had AJ Styles for the heavyweight title, they had Omega for the junior heavyweight title, they had the Young Bucks for the junior tag team titles. You had Gallows and Anderson for the regular tag team titles. So um, I never understood when when AJ was gonna come to WWE and then he he gets beat up and Kenny Omega takes over. I'm like, wait a moment, why Kenny Omega? Yeah, yeah, Kenny Omega became the leader at that point, yeah. And and but I never understood that. I was like, um, why him? You know? Why well, him? Because it was like, well, you need a a a a foreigner, you need an American type or a Canadian. It's not even American, he was Canadian. Well, if you look at it from the very beginning of Bullet Club, the leader was a foreigner because it started it was, with Balor. Yeah, it was Balor. It started with Balor, Balor then it went Carl from Anderson. Balor to AJ to Kenny, to Cody, I want to say. but I don't remember Cody actually really being the well, leader. I could, I could see Cody... I could see Cody more as a, a fighting for the IWGP title and being the more the main eventer. Now Kenny Omega's developed into that type of wrestler, but I just think he was overblown. Especially Meltzer, who just... Oh, everything Kenny Omega. I love Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, I'm the smartest oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Kenny, Kenny Omega, Omega was six star, you know, five yeah. stars, six stars, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. But in terms of, of the match, I feel obviously it wasn't better than the first one, but still a good quality match. I uh, can't, good match. you know, good match. And then at the end, Chris Jericho grabs the mic, pretty much telling all the fans that they you should call them all more. Yeah, yeah, it told all the marks to, to, to say thank you to him because if it wasn't for Chris Jericho, none of this would be happening. You know, the Chris Jericho is the biggest name in the company, which he's not lying about. Um, and and then out of nowhere, in very Shield style, here comes John Moxley coming down the 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 aisle way where the fans are, and then the fans are just going ape shit, going crazy. Now, this is obviously not the first time that John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, have been in the ring with Jericho. They've had battles in WWE before. It's not the first time. So, however, this is the first time Chris Jericho has seen this incarnation of John Moxley. Now, if all of you guys don't know the history of John Moxley, he started out as a hardcore wrestler, you know, deathmatch wrestler for ZZ Combat Zone Wrestling, ZZW. Um... You know, he wrestled in Evolve. He wrestled everywhere before he got to WWE. Um, so he's back to his original gimmick. 
and he gave Shawn, he almost said Shawn Michaels. Wow, he gave Chris Jericho a dirty deeds, and then he gave the referee a dirty deeds, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then him and Omega started fighting each other throughout the aisleway into the crowd, where he takes Kenny Omega all the way to the to the chips of of the casino, if you will, and then he gives him a dirty deeds on top of a casino chip, and then it pretty much ended with. John Moxley, you know, having a psychotic, crazy face hanging out on the apron there. Oh, he and then, him off from the top, remember? Oh, yeah, he gave him a John Cena FU off of the chip. <laughs> yeah. That was hard. That was an unnecessary bump, but yeah, oh. that was that was that was rough. I, I, that I, was rough. I just it was for me, I was I saw some unnecessary dives and bumps. Just like in, in Money in the Bank. I think there were a lot of unnecessary dives. Like Ricochet took one that was horrible. But yeah. it was um, that what happened to uh, Kenny Omega at the end was kind of it, it, maybe it was cardboard. If it was cardboard, it'd be great. But <laughs> I, don't think it was. I don't think it was. It's not yeah, what um, it, it, the it Miz sound, went through. It sounded like it hurt. <laughs> yeah. But um, your first impressions of a uh, of a reinvigorated, a, a rejuvenated uh, John Moxley. First impression, I liked it. I liked that he came out. Um, I do hope that he's not going to be the CZW, uh, CZW John Moxley. I think he's reinvented himself enough, and he has some mainstream exposure in the form of WWE that he can't go back. If he goes back, he'll be... People, I don't think he'll be receptive. People like him as Dean Ambrose, the... The the wild guy, he could incorporate, continue the wild gimmick, make it more a little bit more hardcore, but he can be this oh, he's, Raven. He's, he's going to make it hardcore, I'll tell you that much. People if, think he goes, j- if he goes too hardcore, I think, because that was stupid on the, in the Battle Royale, when all of a sudden Jimmy Havoc takes out a staple gun and starts stapling everybody. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. The camera missed it when John, 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 uh, Janela or whatever got a, uh, a cigarette staple. Was, uh, he had what? a... A lit cigarette lit a stapled cigarette. to his head. And then he got it stapled to his head, which was another stupid moment, two stupid moments. But I was like, um, okay, Jimmy Havoc has that. Okay, fine. If you want to have a, 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 a tables type of Mick Foley match, you get Jimmy Havoc against Dean Ambrose. You have one off, a one-off. You know what I mean? But if you expect to see Dean Ambrose possibly win the title later on, he has to be the Dean Ambrose. Uh, um, John Moxley has to be sort of like Dean Ambrose in WWE, where he wins a title and carries it. You know, he could he could be John Moxley. He could do that. But if he goes back and becomes too hardcore, I don't know if TNT is going to be receptive to it. I don't yeah. even know if Japan's going to be receptive to it. They like hardcore, but they'll probably be like, uh, okay, you know. Who the hell does John Moxley fight in New Japan? Is he gonna fight Okada? Like, who's he gonna fight? He's gonna fight Juice <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> oh yeah, because he attacked him, right? Supposedly. Yeah, so he's gonna fight Juice Robinson next weekend Juice for the Robinson. U.S. for the U.S. title. Well, we know who's gonna be the new champ because I don't see Juice Robinson beating John Moxley. <laughs> Apparently, they when he, Juice Robinson was younger, he was like his part of his. Uh, Crew in one of the federations or something, or his tag team partner. So oh, he was really? Younger, yeah. So he was like younger and whatever. So he threw out a, I'm not, I'm not that guy anymore. 
That's that was his 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 rebuttal to John Moxley. I'm not well, that he, guy he, anymore. Well, uh, you know what I see coming down the pike, bro, because. Uh, they they were partners for years back in the day in, in CZW and all sorts of other places. If by any chance OVE decides to leave TNA and and jump up to AEW, I can see Sammy Callahan and Dina and uh, John Moxley getting back together and tearing it up. The network will tell AEW no to Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan. I'm surprised Bean Sports doesn't give a damn when he's on MLW. But I think they do because they have him when he comes on, when Sammy Callahan comes on at MLW versus Impact, he's a little bit more rougher in Impact now, especially because they're not on TV. <laughs> yeah. But he um on MLW, he's a little bit more calm and subdued. Yeah, he has some hard matches, but he's a little bit more, he goes into more technical work versus Impact where he spits at Scarlett Bordeaux. You know, so I'll tell you this, man, besides MJF and in terms of of like the independent scene, because I consider impact an indie now. um, Yeah, uh, I'd say Sammy Callahan is probably the best heel in the business in terms of the the independent scene, because I mean, him, MJF and and uh, maybe a handful of others. But off the top of my dome, in terms of heel, like heel heel. Sammy Callahan is 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 top on that list, man. Yeah, I I could see yeah I could see that. I don't think he's the top guy though. He, he could be a top five, top ten type of heel. I don't see him as the the top of the list. Yeah. Um, I still don't see MJF at the top, but he damn sure put himself up there. No, oh, yeah, he's he, he's gonna he, get there. That show, that show put him up there. I still think Austin Aries has the most heat. Well, he seat. he's more like crybaby heat, though. Yeah, but but he makes like, you. He's not like I want to punch ass. him in the face, like what people want to do with MJF. I want to punch him in the face. Um, and then fear wise, I would say um, Killer Cross. And it's funny because Killer Cross was one of those guys that Jeff Jarrett found. You know, so yeah, I would say like, and another reason to hate him is because he got Scarlet Bordeaux, but that's another, that's another, that's <laughs> but yeah, but I, I saw that in, in the Mexico promotion, he was with her, but in TNA and Impact, he's they have them, separate. yeah, they they have them separate, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they don't even acknowledge the fact that they're an actual couple, and I think that's okay because you know I, I think that's what kills the WWE product where everybody's like oh they're a couple and this is a couple and that's a couple oh my god oh my god because it makes as corny as it sounds and the fans think they're part of the community oh I know about them oh I'm gonna send them stuff oh they're gonna have a wedding you know yeah. um, like it it, it 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 it's been overdone especially with the whole um, Bella twins and the um, now you have the Miz even though I like the Miz and you have him having his show. Yeah, but um, well, at least he's married to that one. Like, uh, I yeah. mean, th- there's certain couples that that they haven't really talked about on air. Like, like no one has really spoke about Alistair Black and 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 this girl that the the little chick that's with Andrade. No, that that they just got married. And and that's how it should be. They should, you know, Sensational Sherry was married to Rick Martel, and yet they were separate. Yeah. Except for that time when they had Shawn Michaels versus Rick Martel um, against Rick Martel in the heel versus heel WrestleMania match, 
and that was they were a decent match too. Each other. That was a good match. <laughs> and they weren't supposed to slap each other in the face, and then she faints. And, and at the end, and at the end, they were punching <laughs> each other, and she fainted. Yeah, and that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I, you know, yeah. I, I've said it a long time. I always tell people Rick Martel was highly underrated. Highly. Oh, he, was. he was. He was freaking great, man. Because Vince McMahon really... thought he was too small. And then later on. But he, he was built like a freaking truck, though. And the, the funny thing is he would have made him the champion five years later. Yeah. You know, because he made Sean the champion. And it, like, wait, not even, not even five years later. He made Sean the champion like four years later. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and was grooming him in '95 to to make him the champ. It's amazing how certain guys he just didn't see as material, but at the time there was younger guys there that just just a couple of years later is like, oh, I think you can be the guy. It was like, but you had someone just like that or even better before. But okay, whatever. He had, <laughs> you know, who he he wanted to make the guy, and then I guess momentum left was Kurt Henning. Oh yeah. That was the first short guy he was looking at and saying he put him right in the main event scene, right in there. Because I remember saying, who's this guy fighting Hulk Hogan? And yeah. then he was there. And then I remember being a young man and meeting Kurt Henning, and he was such a good guy. He had, had a whole conversation a, with me and everything. <laughs> I had a Saturday night's main event where uh, Hulk Hogan, I think, wrestled the genius. He wrestled Lanny Poffo. And, yeah. um, and, and Hogan actually got a one rare loss. He lost by countout to Lanny Poffo because of Mr. Perfect. And in the back, Mr. Perfect and Lanny Poffo stole Hulk Hogan's uh, Eagle Belt, the, the WWE yeah. title back then. And Mr. Perfect broke it in pieces. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, and he, he hammered a, it with the sledgehammer. He took a little hammer, yeah, and he was breaking it in pieces. And he was like, every belt that you guys give to Hulk Hogan, I'm going to break every single belt until he gives me a title shot. You know, and I was just like, Wow. Mr. Perfect was really shot. close to becoming WWF champion back then, you know? And I remember they had the match, and he hit Hogan with the perfect plex, and I was like, holy shit, he's going to be the champ. And then they had Hogan kick out, the first guy ever to kick out of the perfect plex. I was like, damn it. I was like, I, I, I forgot <laughs> that. You know what? Now that you mentioned that, I thought I forgot that they did give him a match. I was always like, they never gave him the match. Even yeah. to this day, I still, now I remember. Yeah, I do remember. The perfect plex, and he broke out of it. Yeah, and then he no one up used to get and, out of it. And then the freaking big boot in the leg drop like he did to everybody else. Well, I was like, damn. You know, they actually gave Perfect a, a, a title match. And that was, you know, that was even before he won the IC title. That was like in 88 or 89 or something like that. I was like, holy shit. But, um, but you but, know what it was? He was, Kurt Henning was the AWA champion on ESPN. And AWA yeah. was on ESPN at the time. So there was some sort of recognition there. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of people don't think there was, but you know, and that's what was the beauty of the territories. You didn't always see things like that, so you didn't know who's this Mister Perfect guy. Yeah, that spits the gum and always hits and throws it in from the back, the basketball, and gets it in the hoop. You know? Yeah, yeah. I used to love that whole thing with the gum, and he always hit it. Yeah, he'll he'll spit the gum out and slap it with his hand, and yeah, yeah. I mean, he was him and and Bobby Heenan together was a great pairing, and. Then uh, I think Bobby Heenan just stopped managing for a long time, and he ended up with John Tolos. That guy was known as the coach. He just had the whistle. I guess that's where Bill Alfonso stole that gimmick from. But <laughs> Remember when Bill Alfonso was the referee? Oh, oh yeah. He was he just used, a regular referee. He used to ref in the NWA and the WWF, uh, a whole bunch of spots. He used, he used to referee. 
Um, he even refereed. He refereed some big matches, man. There were some big matches he was he was refereeing in. Um, I wonder uh, how Pentagon and Phoenix would have done if they were in ECW. They would have been, I feel like, stars. Probably, I think maybe Pentagon more, especially with the, the whole breaking of the arm thingy. Yeah, but the Luchadors, even though they were they were popular in ECW, they weren't really, they didn't get that big, you know, that big of a following to the point of being like main eventers. I don't like, know because when Rey Mysterio had that death match, he went through that table. Yeah, but 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 then again, it was a death match with him and Hoovy. It wasn't like they said, you know what. He this dude is real popular right now. Let's put twenty two year old Rey Mysterio against Shane Douglas. They never did that, you know what I mean? Like, like let they did it years and years later. But in the beginning, like when Rey was young, like that, they didn't say, you know what? Let's put him with Sabu. Let's yeah. let, let let's put him with Raven. Like they didn't do those matches. Yeah. Like they kept the Mexicans with the Mexicans. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you notice that, right? Like. There was yeah. one match. You know what? And now that I think about it, I had it on cassette. Um, they actually did give Ray a heavyweight title shot, but at the time, the champion was Mikey Whipwreck. So that's another cruiserweight. Uh, Mikey Whipwreck was never a heavyweight until he got older and he got fat. But Mikey Whipwreck at the time was like a 20-year-old kid who was a I jobber. They, pretty, made him, pretty, they made him the champion. He was and a triple crown champion. I can't he believe that Steve Austin was the one who put him over. Yeah, Austin. Yeah, Austin made him a star. Austin made him a star. Sandman put him over. Austin put him over. Um, and this is a guy who never won a match. He was like the Barry Horowitz of of ECW. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, he just got this big ass push, and they gave him all the belts. Him and him and Cactus Jack were the tag team champions. Then he became the television champion, and then he beat the Sandman for the for the ECW Heavyweight Title. So uh, there was a match I had where Mikey Whipwreck defeated Rey Mysterio and Mikey Whipwreck defended the ECW title. That's the only main event guy at the time they gave to Rey Mysterio. But Rey Mysterio never wrestled pretty much any other main eventer that ECW had at the time. Speaking of ECW, have you noticed that Impact... I've, I've caught some of the, you know clips here and there on YouTube of the Impact show, like yesterday's Impact and last week's Impact, they're piggybacking off of ECW. Now they have Again? Tommy Fever, Sabu, Rob Van Dam, and all you have is the crowd saying ECW, ECW. They beat the North and uh, Moose in a uh, six-man tag team. So it was Van Dam, Sabu, and, and Dreamer? Yes, against the North Ethan Page, Ethan which Page you know, and, uh, I kind of like Ethan, Ethan Page. I think he has a lot of talent. I yeah. think when he wrestles, he has. I think because I saw him on the on the NBC with the whole evolved thing and the hardcore thing that he does. But in yeah. Impact, he wrestles and he's yeah. good. I mean, when I've you, never been a big fan of his character per se because I feel like he's a little bland, but. But he is a talented wrestler. But I in the tag that. team, it works with that guy from the and the, the North thing. It works. Yeah, uh, Josh make... Josh Alexander. Yes, yes, that's what he's. A... I think that works. I think as a tag team, it works. And then I saw the match on YouTube that the North had against LAX. It was pretty good. It wasn't the best out there. Like, oh my god, it's a five star match. But it was pretty good. It showed, you know, good work rate. Um. But he, I think him, 
they need to reinvent his character into something, something yeah. more like like you said that's not bland, and um, just keep him wrestling instead of doing that hardcore garbage. You know, yeah. and I was a big hardcore fan because I used to be screaming nine one one nine one one, and we know who nine one one was. He would come and a- say the Dudleys. And start choke slamming everyone in the ring. <laughs> yeah, and nine one one was a bum. He was not good, but he, you know, he'll come in, he'll choke slam people, and the crowd will go crazy. That's you know all I mean? he needed to do. He didn't need to do anything else. <laughs> I remember he had a match in WCW. Um, oh, I forgot what they called him, that's bad. but it was it was at, during the time where you remember they were giving Lex Luger a crazy push, where he kept torture rat- torture racking giants yeah. like uh. There was one guy he wrestled named Roadblock. You remember Roadblock? Yes, he was I like five hundred pounds, and he had yellow caution tape around his body, and <laughs> and Lex Luger freaking gave him the torture rack. And I remember there was one match that he wrestled nine one one, and uh, and he beat him in like two seconds. And I was just like, damn man, this guy was super popular in ECW, and I bet you he got a a big fat check just to lose to Lex Luger in two seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I remember Sabu had a quick run in WCW for back in '95 when he left ECW, and uh, he was a little too hardcore for WCW. They 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 gave him his walking papers after like a month. Which is interesting because Kevin Sullivan was there, and Kevin Sullivan liked that type of fighter. And the crazy thing is, Sabu was managed by the Sheik. He was managed by his uncle in WCW, <laughs> yeah. and I think. The first match I saw Sabu had in WCW was against Jerry Lynn under a mask. He was JL. Yes, JL. Yeah. I and I think the Sheik threw a fireball at him at the end of the match. Yeah, they fired him after that. He fired. He got fired for the fireball. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Was, that's what I'm trying to say, and and that's what newer fans don't know that the newer oh I I live AEW. They don't understand what's going to happen once AEW's on TNT. AEW is probably going to say scale back on the social justice warrior garbage, sensory inclusive, this, this, and that. They're going to say that. They're going to say scale back on certain demographic things that you're doing. I don't know how they're going to be receptive to the transgender girl. And, I, and, and you know, I don't know how they're going to, because they're going to probably, you know, remember, they could probably get away with it. As long as they don't go do intergender matches. Because if they do intergender matches, which that's already intergender enough, but people are going to be believing that it's a woman. TNT is going to be thinking in their mind, they're a, uh, they're a channel that does drama and does a lot of female-based drama in it, too. We yeah. remember TNT, we are drama, and they do a lot of female-based drama. All it takes is for one person to say what I've been saying or realize what I've been saying, and not a man, a woman to say exactly what I'm saying, which is, Intergender matches promote domestic violence. Yeah, it's it. Don't worry, they, they, they'll bring Joey Ryan in so he could flip girls no, over with Joey his cock. Ryan, no, there was Joey a... Ryan, I saw what he said. <laughs> First of all, and I know is that TNT doesn't want Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan was in the in an article today saying, I choose independent wrestling, that's why I said no to AEW. No, he said no to wow. AEW because he thought he had something in WWE. WWE saw that he had the, the, the spot with the penis. And was like, nah, we're not feeling you for that. They dropped him. He lost that contract. And he he also got, I I think he tested positive for some uh, steroid or enhancement drug. So they didn't want him. He lost out on that. And AEW, he thought he had his options because he would say, oh, I had options and all these calls. No, they saw what he was about. They said, we can't put that on TV. We can't. We just can't. And I know TNT was like, 
um, tell him, uh, offer him a contract, but tell him you can't do some of that stuff. You know, because think about it. On Lucha Underground, he really didn't do that at the beginning. Yeah. I don't know if he got it later on because I stopped well, watching this Lucha is, Underground. Well, th- I think this is like a new thing for him, man, because uh, that dude's been wrestling for like 15, 17 years or something like that. And he never did any of those dick spots that he's doing now. When when he was like, in Lucha Underground, he was playing an undercover cop and then he played like this this shampoo 80s guy. And that's the character they fed to you. I mean, he was always his his character was always a sleaze ball. Like that was his yeah. that was his gimmick. But the whole like flipping people over with his dick and all that stuff, that's like just uh, stupid. It's yeah, dumb. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Five year old. It, it, it's like if I'm arrested, it's it's as crappy. I was gonna say shitty. Let me know what. Let's go back. I said shitty <laughs> as Orange Cassidy. Okay, it's as shitty as Orange Cassidy to see. Freaking Joey Ryan wrestle, and I don't even want to say what he does because it's inappropriate. It's just like, ugh. yeah. It, and it, the sad, crazy. the sad part about it is, he's actually a good wrestler. Like he's not bad. You know what I mean? He, he well, knows... he made himself horrible to me. It's like yeah. it's like Joey Janela falling from the from the top of a freaking ladder and a ladder match and popping up. Like I'm like, what the hell? You just took a spot. And another time when he almost lost his head <laughs> and he freaking. <laughs> Loses his head on the side of the ring. It comes up like nothing happened. I'm like, dude, you just took a bump. That's why you have Mark saying, oh, this guy didn't take a proper drop. Why don't you take that drop that you want to see that wrestler take <laughs> so that you can feel how it is? Because these people think, oh, it's, it's fake. It's scripted. It's well, scripted. Uh, I'll but the tell you moves this, are real. The Lucha, moves hurt. That Luchasaurus guy dropped him on his dome on that table. He didn't <laughs> pop right back up right away. <laughs> Yo, he was... <laughs> I felt bad for him, but I was like, uh, "Yo, you wanted that spot. And where that table came from? Explain I don't know. It, it just where? came out of it just came out of nowhere, Why? and it, it was it was just for that freaking spot. Because they, yo, they, they he do got a bad dumped. Explanation. They do. They need to brush up their storylines and brush up why a table's there. Why a person has a, a dinosaur mask? They need to come out and start telling us. Yeah, uh, uh, make, make something up like where this Luchasaurus guy came from, man. Because take off the mask, let him wrestle. He has talent. He just that gimmick is killing him. Yeah, just, yeah, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, he's a big dude. You saw when he like flexed. I was like, holy shit, this dude so got when some. He threw a uh, Hangman Page and did that yeah. move, and boom, that was a wrestling move. I was like, yeah. Impressive. Take off he's the mask. A, yeah, he like you said, he's a talented dude. But uh, let, <laughs> let's see about the mask. Let's see uh, what what Luchasaurus looks like under that mask. Um, so overall, that that was the card for AEW, the first pay per view. <clears throat> um, so if you, if we're gonna do the Meltzer thing where we do the like the grading system, what what would you give AEW's first show ever? Out of how many stars? Five stars? Right? Yeah, why not? 2.5 stars. Yeah. 2.5. Yeah, I'd give it around there or even a three because, like I said, the the it started off slow and, and kind of, sh- you know, sucky. I can't but, give it a three, though. I but, can't. you know, uh, the only reason why I give it a three is because of the three main attractions that delivered. You know what I mean? Can so, we give... Uh, and a good and a good four stars and a good and a good and a good ending with Ambrose. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, you know I I give it that. You know what I mean? The and production it left value you, was really good though. And it left you wanting more. Now we're we're gonna get Kenny Omega and 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 John Moxley. We're gonna get. We already know what our 
heavyweight title match is going to be is going to be Hangman and Jericho. Um, at All Out. At All Out. We're going to have, I think, at the Jacksonville show, I think I mentioned earlier, we're going to have the Rhodes brothers against the Young Bucks, um, which I'm sure eventually they're going to create an AEW tag team division championship, which they have to. Um, then they'll have probably a women's title. All Out, I think, is going to be the crowning of all the new champions. That, that, that's what I think. Because um, between now and August, you should at least have to, you know, you should have your division champions ready. You know what, what I mean? What do you think they're going to have as a, um, as subtitles? You think they're going to have another meal, a subtitle, like a U.S. title or an attribute title? They don't have a full roster yet for that. Um, uh, I, I think they should just concentrate on, like, you know, the main, like, the heavyweight title tag team and women's because they don't have much of a division. Uh but okay, let's say these are your main eventers. You have Jericho, Omega, Hangman, Ambrose, um, Cody. Um, I mean, who, who who's your mid Carter that you would put a belt on? I don't see any except for MJF. Now, is MJF a high mid Carter or is he a main eventer? He's a That's high mid Carter right now. Okay, but so he stole he would the show be... to the point that he. He if should be able to do, challenge a babyface world champion. Yes. I think I think if if done correctly in a year from now, he should be in a main event. Like I don't know if Hang- he'd be a main eventer, but he should challenge for the title. I tell you this, if Hangman beats Jericho and Jericho continues his feud either well, you know, uh, put it this way. If I'm doing fantasy booking, if Jericho loses to Hangman, I say Hangman's first title defense should probably be against MJF to continue their feud. I think that's what And Jericho, I'd say, should feud with a babyface. If Cody is a babyface, that could be your next feud. Probably Cody and Jericho. Um, Then you'll have Omega continue his feud with with Ambrose, or Moxley, whatever you want to call him. And then, there you go, you have three matches for your next show. I don't. I don't um, think Cody's gonna be a babyface though. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, so that that leaves you with now you need someone for Jericho and for Cody if he's yeah. not babyface. Now, does Cody betray his brother against the Bucks or? or no, I just think I just think Cody is that and his just brother one, are just gonna be is, dirty. Is that just a one-off Cody being a good guy teaming with his brother? No, right? I don't think he's gonna be a good guy. I think he's gonna team with his brother and beat up on the Bucks. You I think, think him, be... him and Dustin are going to heal on the Bucks? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think they're going to be But the Bucks are heels too. That's the crazy part. <laughs> no, they're faces right now. <laughs> they're faces. The only thing I can see is, but then you have to break up uh, the Lucha Brothers. You put Pentagon to fight um, Jericho, I guess, or even Cody. And you could probably put him against Jericho and be like, how the hell did you get his outfit at all in? He jumped Yeah. Back. I don't know. You you could fish some weird storyline out of that, and and they posted some picture of of an ace, right? And they said we still have an ace in the hole that we did not bring out yet. Who the hell could they have signed? Also, that is a big deal. That we could think, holy shit! Like now they're they're really competing now. I don't know who who could that ace be. I have no idea. A lot of people were making jokes that it was Hiroshi Tanahashi because he's the ace of New Japan. 
but he still has about another year or so on his deal. But that also proves that doesn't mean shit because now Ambrose is also a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So which which answers the question that I asked you before, are these guys exclusive to AEW? And that answer is no. No, because you see that with the Lucha Brothers as well. Yeah, because there's. I'm pretty sure they're still gonna wrestle for MLW. I'm pretty sure they're still gonna wrestle for AAA. Um, so a lot of these guys could still be wrestling for the promotions that they came from. Obviously, Tommy Dreamer runs House of Hardcore, and he helps TNA. He's a, he's a freaking pro wrestling Mother Teresa, freaking Tommy Dreamer. Um, he he helps everybody. Um, you know, so except except Nick Aldis. Except Nick Aldis. Aldis. Then Nick Aldis beat him, and he's like, F you. I'm not shaking your hand and walks out the ring. (laughs) You didn't want to help me when I wasn't hot. Now I'm hot. Now you want to be around me. (laughs) Hey, could could that ace in the hole be the NWA world champion? I think it it could be. I think it could be. But if that happens, it's weird because... Well, NWA is separate from, from RH, but RH isn't too happy about Cody taking everybody. Well, I mean, uh, who's left to take? There's, I mean, besides someone like Jay Lethal or the Briscoes or, you know, uh, who's who's left really to take from Ring of Honor? Nobody. Only Juice Robinson, but he's with uh, New Japan. Juice, um, yeah, Lethal Juice. Um, there's, you know. Uh, it's really, yeah, there's not much. Lethal Juice, uh, Matt Taven, but he's black. And Oof. then <laughs> How, at least, oh, he, at least he'll dive and almost you know kill what? himself. I, I just figured it out. What about Marty? Oh, yeah, Marty. Yeah, Marty. And he's but a then, Bullet Club guy. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, uh, it, 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 yeah, Marty. Other than that, um, who else you have? Um, I'm telling you, Impact has the roster. They, they have the guys you want, and MLW too. They have yeah. they have some good stuff. Oh, Shane Strickland could... already got pried away from MLW. Who else MLW has? Well, well, how about the newly acquired Austin Aries? <laughs> it could be. It could be. They now you got somebody... Austin Aries and Pac in the same freaking company. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh a, man, it, it yeah, the east in the hole is, is is if you steal somebody from Impact because they're the ones who who are giving their wrestlers exclusive contracts now, unless they have a Killer Cross. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It could be Killer Cross, it, but but once again, not everybody watches Impact. Is Killer Cross that much of a of a name right now? That that could be considered an ace in the hole. Usually, when no. someone says, "I have an ace in the hole," it means they have a freaking big time, big time surprise that people will go crazy over. Like, could they have stolen someone else from WWE? That that listen, as much as the indie fan and the hardcore fan shit on WWE, I can guarantee you, just like we've been talking about ECW on and off all night, any. WWE guy that pops up on that screen on an AEW show, the crowd is gonna go ape shit, no matter who the hell it is. Yeah. They freaking went ape shit for Ty Dillinger. You're gonna tell me, and he and he and he didn't do nothing in that battle royal. You're gonna tell me, except give MJ. Uh, I forgot who he gave the finger. I think it was MJF. Yeah. Um, uh, if 
It could be freaking Tyler Breeze who wrestled tonight on on NXT against Velveteen Dream. It could be Fandango. It could be whoever it is. Any one of them WWE guys who probably everyone feels like they underutilized ends up rolling up in AEW Dynamite on TNT. Because you know that's probably going to be the time where that ace is revealed. Because just like WCW, the first episode, Lex Luger appeared and he was still in the contract with WWE or it had just expired the day before. You know, they always have to have that one surprise for the first ever showing on, on, on national television. I mean, who could it, who could it be? Who's could it be Sasha Banks who's waiting for her contract to expire? Who could it be? I don't know. But uh, my question is, I mean, who will it really matter who, who they bring in at that point? It might not. You made an excellent point. It most likely won't. Um, and it goes to show you once again, Sean Spears comes in, doesn't do anything. Oh, he's not utilized. He needs to go to AEW. He goes to AEW, doesn't do anything either. Not everybody is meant to be a top guy. And, and, and I heard an interview from him. He's not even signed to AEW yet. Like it, like it was like, oh, you want to be a part of the show, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, sure. But he said he hasn't even signed with them yet to a to a deal. So I don't know. And apparently that perfect ten gimmick could still be used outside of WWE. Which yeah, but I, I didn't know. But he it could didn't do. work in WWE. That's the whole thing. How is it magically supposed to work on the indie scene? And oh, and then it gets over, and then WWE looks at it and oh, it got over in the indie scene, but it didn't get over here. So we don't want you. You're not a top guy, and. You're not a top guy. And not everybody can be a top guy. There's a place for everybody. Lance Storm said it best. Not everybody has to be a top guy. I wasn't a top guy. Um, I made it to the U.S. title. Had to run with all those belts. But I wasn't a guy that was should have been the world champion. You know? Shit. And WCW gave Lance Storm every belt they had except for the world title. Exactly. Because they, they built him up. But he wasn't a main eventer. If you remember him in ECW, he was hardcore in ECW. He was a quiet guy that was with Chris Candido. And he was part of Triple... What was it? Triple Threat? Yeah, he was like a Triple Threat wannabe. That's what they referred to him as. Because Triple Threat was Shane Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Chris Candido. And he was more like the hang-arounder. Yeah, but he was was part of the team. And they had some smash-mouth matches for the tag team title. Oh the yeah, they they had matches with the Dullies. They had matches with uh, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. They had matches with with a whole bunch of teams. They they were really good as a tag team. Yeah. But uh, the real tag team that he was in was him and and Just Incredible as the Impact players. That the, that was a good freaking team right there. You know, one was a good team when he was with Chris Jericho in Smoky Mountain. Oh, and the, I saw some the, tapes of that. The thrill they were pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty good together. They had a crazy, bloody freaking match with the Heavenly Bodies. I don't know if you remember that. I but... see that, I saw that match, and I saw another one where Jericho broke his arm yes. or his shoulder. Like he did some top rope stuff. And uh, apparently Cornette told them, don't do it. And they were like, no, no, we're doing it. We've done it many times. We're going to be good. And they were kicking ass. And he was like, oh, the show is great. And he does it. Boom. Breaks himself. He can't work for like three months. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that they were known as the Thrill Seekers back then. They were a good freaking team too. Yeah. Uh, Lance Storm was really good in the ring. He had no character though. He was boring <laughs> on the mic, and <laughs> and um, 
but yeah, man, he super, super good freaking athlete inside the ring. The dude was nice. Um, so yeah, I agree. 2.5 to, to, from, I, I can give it a three, but mainly for the three main events and the ending. Um, so that was AEW. Hopefully, you know, they can keep that momentum going. Um, I live in Florida, but I, I'm about four hours away from Jacksonville. I'm not driving four hours to see a, a AEW. I'm sorry. I'm not. Um, <laughs> if I, if they televise that show, I'll watch it on, on, you know, online or whatever. Um, but yeah, the next pay-per-view all out, you said late August, right? Around uh, August late 31st. August. Uh, look at that last day of August. And um, let's see who becomes the first AEW champion. Now tonight, they had NXT take over 25. I didn't even think they had 25 of them. And to be quite honest with you, I totally forgot NXT takeover was even happening tonight. Um, I didn't even know what the card was pretty much except for the main event, because I knew they were going to rematch Colin and uh, Gargano. Um, I caught it halfway into the show. By the time I got on uh, Velveteen dream was defending the North American title against Tyler breeze. And uh, it was from what I saw, it was a decent match. Um, the dream one with the purple rainmaker elbow from the top rope. And at the end of the match, uh, they took a selfie together for Tyler Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, then uh, Shayna Baszler defended the NXT women's title against Io Shirai. Um, it was a decent match. Um, uh, Io Shirai was going for the moonsault from the top rope. Then, uh, uh, what do you call it? Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir came down and then Candice LeRae came out of nowhere with a kendo stick and started whipping both their asses with it. And then, uh, pretty much, um, Shayna Baszler chokes out Io Shirai to retain the NXT women's championship. And then at the end of the match, Io Shirai and Candice LeRae both beat the hell out of Shayna Baszler with kendo sticks and leave her all bruised and beat up. Um, then the main event, which uh, you kind of jumped in halfway, right? If I remember yeah, you telling me. that's exactly. Um, Adam Cole becomes a triple crown winner in NXT and defeats Johnny Gargano for the NXT heavyweight title. Um, it was... It, they, they did it again, man. I say the match that they had in New York and the match they had in this one, both can be considered match of the year candidates uh, up to this point because we're only halfway through the year. Um, and, and it brings us back to, to, you know, our, our little debate or talk about booking NXT compared to booking the main roster. Like the, uh, the main difference is they, they actually let the guys wrestle on NXT. Now the, the, the AEW show overall from pre-show to the end of John Moxley's, uh, debut, was five hours long. Um, do you think NXT always puts on a good, not pay-per-view, but but a good event because it's only two hours long and we get yes. more action out of it? Yes. I think I think pay-per-views have lost their way. I think uh, pay-per-view cards, if we could still call them pay-per-view cards. Um, it used to be that you had the Monday night shows with two hours. And that was an upgrade from the one hour because you used to have now... The way the breakdown is financially, the third hour of Raw is, it gives them funds to be able to do other things, but the first two hours they break even on, okay? 
in the third hour, endorsements and commercials and stuff, that's what gets them the money to do other shows and other spinoff things, right? Um, it used to be the case where Monday Night Raw was one hour, and then this, they made it two hours, and the second hour was the what was what gave them the money to do other things, right? And they used to break even after the hour. Um, pay-per-views in respect, and the difference between pay-per-views and Monday Night Raw or uh, Monday Night Nitro was that Monday Night Nitro and Raw were two hours from 8 to 10. I remember all the college years I was in. It was 8 to 10. And pay-per-views were the three hours. Yeah. It was a perfect fit because you fit in a lot. I remember Nitro. There was so much happening in the two hours, especially on Nitro and the height. And you, you saw the cruiserweights. You saw all this action happen. And you saw the heavyweight title main event scene. And, you, and everyone was all into it. Two hours, right? Then... When the buildup for the pay-per-view, the pay-per-view was an extra hour. You had more time for matches. You, you could put the main event to be that 25-minute, 30-minute thing. Um, you could put eight matches on the card. You can actually put more people that perhaps uh, you showcased them on, on Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Nitro. And now you're putting them on the pay-per-view card and you give them an opportunity. Now... It feels like when it's five hours, especially AEW, who sh- definitely shouldn't have done five hours because you just, you don't have nobody. You don't have anybody. So you definitely shouldn't be doing five hours. Yeah. But um, WWE, when they I do mean, five hours. I mean, come on, man. They, they, they had to showcase, you know, Sonny Kiss and Orange Cassidy, man. <laughs> but the, the problem with it is that it feels like you're just trying to cram things in, in the five hours. You're trying to, okay, you're doing five hours and you're trying to fit everybody in on the roster. The reason WWE does it five hours is you have two different programs. I get it. But AEW didn't need five hours. And it shouldn't have been five hours because AEW doesn't have, if you look at what rosters used to be, rosters, wrestling rosters used to have 30 if they were like a, a, a lower federation, 30 wrestlers. And the bigger federations have 40 wrestlers or more, maybe 50 at times. It wasn't until you had, what was it, World War Three from WCW that everybody was in that ring and it was 60 people. Yeah, it was like a 60-man, three-ring battle royal, yeah. And that was when rosters started to increase, when WWE had like 40 to 50. Uh, and then Monday Night Raw was just signing people like crazy. I mean, Nitro was signing people like crazy in WCW. And they had like 60 people just for that. And everybody had a purpose. But even at that, it was... It wasn't. It was still a three-hour pay-per-view. It wasn't a five-hour pay-per-view, you know. So, I think you drag, and the show drags, and they have too many dragging points in AEW because you only have like thirty. I think they only have thirty people on the roster, maybe thirty-five, and that's with the women and the men. And so you, it's just excessive, and you lose attention spans that way. And that's why I think you're right. I think NXT. Is able to do what they did. Look at look at what they did WrestleMania weekend. Five matches. All were great. The weakest one was the women's match. Yeah. And 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 everything else was awesome. Velveteen Dream against uh, the guy who never wears any shoes. That used to be in UFC. I forget his name all the time. Oh, um, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Yes. You had Adam Cole Gargano. You had the tag team match that was awesome. You had the. Uh, what else? There was another. You had the UK match, which was awesome. Oh yeah, Pete Dunne you know? and Walter. Yeah. Yeah, and even 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 when I watch NXT UK here and there, because I don't watch it all the time, but here and there when I do watch it, it's an hour. 
And a lot of things are happening in that hour. But at least it's an hour and it's, it's going. Freaking World of Sport now. It comes out an hour before uh, Ring of Honor. And World of Sport gives you a lot of stuff in that hour. And then Ring of Honor gives you a, a whole bunch of mishmash of things. Because... Ring of Honor was getting lazy, too, with that one hour. They were starting to give just two matches and give you a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of... Uh... Like commercials and yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like, now now they, they have to step it up, you know? But it, there's no need for five hours for pay-per-view. Pay-per-view no. should be three hours. The fan doesn't want to be there all day. I don't want a fan experience on TV. That, I want a fan experience. I go to the show, and I go to the... What was it? Um, what was the thing that they had before? Starcast? Starcast, yeah. Where Randy Orton posted a photo of Hans Wargle because yeah, yeah. Hans, he has the hair now like AJ Styles, and he said, "Hey AJ, you're a traitor." <laughs> yeah, that's funny. He be spoofing AJ all the time, but yeah, um, that's funny. Um, but yeah, you know, if I want that experience, I'm gonna go. If I wanted the experience, the WrestleMania experience, I'll go to WrestleMania and I'll go to the WrestleMania events, and uh, when they had it right here. Not too far from me, you know, but I'm, you know, I don't want that experience on TV. I want, I don't want to be stuck watching wrestling for six hours. You know, boxing, an interesting thing, we'll go back into boxing. Boxing does events for six hours, right? But here's the thing about boxing. Boxing usually starts around 6, 630. That's what people don't know, right? If you go to Madison Square Garden. And if you get there early, you're going to experience that. You're going to have whatever. People sit down, have their drinks and whatever, or whatever they're going to do, and they'll watch the fight. But what's televised is only the three to four hours at the end, the three, four last matches. That's what's televised on a pay-per-view for boxing. So well, yeah, that's like when you watch uh, a UFC card. Now, before the three-hour pay-per-view that comes on, you could see the prelims on regular television. Then before that, you could see the prelims of the prelims on, like, if you have the UFC streaming service or whatever the case. And then the very first fights, when, like, the doors open up, you could see it on Facebook. And it's like, yo, if some hardcore MMA fan is going to sit there and watch the first fight all the way through the main event, you're watching, like, seven to eight hours of UFC. And it was like, that's kind of a hard sell, also, especially if there's a if it's a night where it's a bunch of decisions, or or if it's all like uh, wrestling or, or or you know takedowns and submission attempts and yeah, you know all that other stuff, you know, and it's just like you felt like you've been there forever. You can literally watch Endgame twice, and 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 be like, holy shit, I'm still watching a fight, I'm still watching a match. You know what I mean? It's just like holy crap. You know, so it's it's a lot of time to sit and watch one particular thing. You know what I mean? And, so. even, and even at that, when people watch um, the prelims on Fox or FS1 before they watch the pay-per-view or no, not ESPN now. So if they watch it on ESPN, whatever, some people watch it. Some people want to watch that. But some people already because because remember, UFC, Dana White was a, into boxing before he was in UFC. Mm -hmm. So. He took a lot of the ideas and, 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 and used them for boxing so that UFC became mainstream. Because before that, John McCain and a lot of other senators banned it. But he was smart enough to make it into rounds and do all this stuff. And he took 
even the simple things like the pay-per-view time. It made the pay-per-view from 10 to 1 or 12.30. And then then gradually put in the prelims later on from 8 to 10 on TV and then segued into pay-per-view. And then for those people that, oh, I just live or die watching it, you, he puts what he was already filming probably for like research purposes or like just to have match files, uh, like how Vince McMahon used to use matches and record everything, even the, uh, the, the blacked out shows, just to put into the files and the archives basically to have and say, hey, you know what, let's review what this person did, you know? Yeah. So now, now it's accessible because everything's accessible to us, but it, not everybody necessarily wants to see all that stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and okay, WrestleMania, you can get away with doing four hours. But now they're doing five. It's like mm, freaking re- freaking WrestleMania is like seven hours now, and it ran to like what twelve thirty one o'clock almost. Unbelievable! I, was, I couldn't I couldn't take it, man. Like once the girls, I think I by the time, watching. I think by the time Rousey made her way out to the ring, it was probably like twelve fifteen. I was like, y'all, you gotta be shitting me, man! Like <laughs> I know for like, overhyped, I, I took the day match off that wasn't even great. I took the day off from work the next day. I was like, I can't stay up this late. I freaking get up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work. I was like, there's no way. Uh, I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I immediately, I think as Rousey was coming out, I was calling out of work. I was like, yo, wow. <laughs> I was like, not happening. I was like, I can't believe how late this is going. And, you know? and, and, and they need to have, and, and and wrestling needs to understand you need to have respect for your audience's time. Just because you assume that your product is that great, yeah, you also have to assume, you know, I have to have respect for the audience time. Does the NBA have uh, six hours for their game? No. no. They start the game at what, 8 o'clock? It ends by 11, maybe 12, pushing it. You yeah, know? it depends. It's usually Major League Baseball usually same two, two, two and a half, three hours. Yeah, even Major League Baseball is understanding that they that they started putting clocks because you start a game at seven. You know, a thing that that that's been happening is Yankee Stadium. Uh, the games now midweek, Monday through Thursday, they start the games at six thirty, so that they're ending at nine nine thirty. Yeah, you know, you have to have a respect for your audience's time. And 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 they've lost track of that, and that's why I I was okay with when USA told WWE you have a hard stop at eleven, no more going over anymore. The because it, it shouldn't go over. Yeah, you know? and that's why I think a lot of the WWE Network uh, shows and uh, like pay per views or whatever, as of late they've been ending, you know, ten thirty, ten forty. You I know, noticed like, that. Yeah, like that logo be popping up way before eleven o'clock. The, and the like, NXT it ended what nine forty today. Yeah, yeah. Thirty five, nine forty. Because I looked at the clock, I said, "This is your main event." That, that ended. Well, the thing is, I think it started at seven, man. Because, because I thought it started at eight, but when I jumped on around eight fifteen, eight twenty, Velveteen Dream and and this guy was wrestling, and I was like, hmm. I was like, that's a title match already. I can't believe it's going on that early. But I had missed the tag team, vacant tag team title match with uh, which these guys won the Street Profits. They're the new NXT tag team champions. And um, they had a the first match was uh, Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong. I missed that match. Um, so I, I got to rewatch again to see 
you know, at least those two matches. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, especially the NXT shows, the NXT shows finish anywhere from two, two hours to two and a half. It started at seven, seven o'clock. I'm looking Look at, at that it now. They yeah. had a kickoff show at six thirty, but it started at seven. Yeah, so it started from seven, so it ended at nine forty. So two hours and forty minutes, which is not bad. Not even not three bad. hours. You have, you have to respect your your viewers' time. Yeah, you know? let's say let's say someone was was going out tonight, like going out to a club or something like that. You know what? Around nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night, that's usually when people start going out on a Saturday night. You know what I mean? So uh, you wanted to watch some NXT, you saw the NXT pay per view, and then you were able to go out and enjoy your Saturday night. You know what I mean? It's not that bad. You know, it's not not bad at all. So I think, you know, if WWE can just look at one side of the house and see how that's going and how people are reacting to it, just kind of just trickle that down to what they're doing on their weekly television shows and and their pay-per-views i think they'll be it'll make for a much better product you know i think when it moves smackdown moves to friday they also have that limit they can't go over so and and if you remember um pay-per-view when they used to do pay-per-view traditional pay-per-view um it had to have a cold stop you couldn't go over and 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 the young bucks and all in they learned Pay-per-view means when they meet a hard stop, they mean a hard stop, you know. And if you remember, all in, <laughs> it just it just ended, you know. Yeah. So they learned that lesson. Hey, you know what? We have to actually end it. Yeah. You know? But they had no business going five hours. Yeah, C- crazy, crazy long period of time for for uh, a debut show. Especially with a lot of the stuff they threw out there could have been taken off and nobody would have missed it. Um, <laughs> so, yep, that, I mean, that was AEW. That was our review of, of Double or Nothing. Uh, you know, once All Out comes around, we, we, we can talk about that as well. Um, coming up this week, WWE has their Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia on Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. on the WWE Network. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be working that day. So I'm gonna have to catch that on the, on the, you know, on the re- rebound or something, um, run down. Obviously they're building it up on the first time ever of two legends going at it between Undertaker and Goldberg. I can't imagine how they're going to book that. Um, they got Kofi Kingston defending the WWE title against Dolph Ziggler. Um, who's looking like a jealous old lady but you know whatever um <laughs> you also have um i don't even know what else they got going on oh seth, seth rollins against baron corbin seth rollins and baron corbin for the universal title oh oh that's rough and they have um, finn balor as demon against uh, andrade against andrade that that should be a good match yeah um Supposedly, word going around is Brock Lesnar is cashing in his Money in the Bank contracts on Raw this Monday on Seth Rollins. Um, I highly doubt that's going to happen. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. Ron <laughs> Storman's going to fight Bobby Lashley. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they yeah, don't job him right. out like they did at WrestleMania to Finn Balor. Like, those. They will. <laughs> it's believable if Lashley beats Strowman, you know? But. I don't, I don't, I don't know. They, they had something there. They could have done something with Lashley and Lesnar. 
Yeah. And they dropped the ball on that one. And then Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon. Triple yeah. H against Randy Orton. What do you think is going to happen with that one? Triple H against Randy Orton. Triple H is going to win. <laughs> and there's, uh, interestingly, a 50-man battle royal. Well, that's pretty much uh, the greatest Royal Rumble, just changing the name to a 50-man battle royal, because that's exactly what they did last year for uh, for the Saudi Arabia show. And then they had, I think, after that, I think they went to Sydney, Australia, or Melbourne, Australia, and they called it Crown Jewel or some craziness like that. I don't know. No, that was but, no, that was in the middle. That was in the Middle East. That was oh, the that was Saudi. That was Saudi yeah. Arabia too. Uh, yeah. And and also they're gonna have the Lucha House Party, interestingly, against Lars Sullivan after all those so quote unquote comments. <laughs> it's gonna be three the three against one. Oh yep. boy, it's turning he's turning into Ryback. Yeah. Remember when Ryback first came out, he was beating two guys at a time, three guys at a time. And until there was like just one guy that, that was big enough and strong enough to challenge him. Uh, that that's what it's looking like they're doing with Lars, but ugh. Whatever. Maybe I'll, maybe I'm, maybe AEW's wild card. They think they have a wild card, and they're saying it's oh, Ryback. It's Ryback. <laughs> you know who it could be? We the people. Jack Swagger. Jake, Jake Hager, really? Yeah, I think that's what it is. That's interesting. Because I remember something about him and a rumor AEW, and he he uh, basically did like a little spoof, I think, for the for the elite stuff. So. Yeah, I think it might be him. He's a recognizable or, name. Or it could be a certain Chicago native. No, I don't think it's him. I think people are like, oh, my God, oh, my God. If they get him, they get him. That's nice. Um, They they could use that. They could use they could use his caliber. So, I'll tell you, that's a name that could shake up the foundation, man. If they can. Yeah. I, I think, I think, yeah, I think that. Or, or if Daniel Bryan somehow is freed. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Freed. <laughs> but, um, yeah. If, if, if they get him, he, he... But once again, he's a name. CM Punk is recognizable. He is big, but he is more of... Yes, Main Street knows him because of USC now. But before, I remember watching Yankee games. And they used to be on... Um, that's when SmackDown used to be on Channel 9 in New York. Yeah. And so were the Yankee games. And I remember the guy said, watch SmackDown on uh, Channel 9 or whatever the name of the channel was at the time. I don't know if it was my or if it was UPN. And he goes with CM Punk. And then they would laugh and goes, Who's name, who would name themselves CM Punk? Yeah. That's what they used to do. So the mainstream really didn't know him. They didn't know him as Phil Brooks because of UFC. But mm. um, now they know him. But... Um, do they know him as CM Punk or as Phil Brooks from UFC? It's going to be interesting. Yo, the cr- crazy thing is that guy hasn't had a legit wrestling match since 2014. I know. Damn. I know. Time freaking flies, man. And I don't think he's interested. I really think he's into the jiu-jitsu stuff. So it's just like I think he's interested in jiu-jitsu. I don't think he's really... Yeah, everyone says that he comes out on the indie scenes and does a, a mask. You know? But if they get him, okay. Then Tony Khan money spoke, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But um, you get him as a big move. Hey, He's who knows? Maybe, maybe maybe, they could get him and AJ. AJ Lee. 
<laughs> oh, I was gonna say AJ Styles. I was like, is he under contract for like the next three years? Yeah. Imagine Punk and his wife. That'll be interesting. I, yeah, I think I think they could probably get them. And um, I I know Jericho still um, is cool with him like that and whatever. So maybe Jericho could uh, reach out and try and convince him. You know, but um, maybe that's what Jericho was trying to say. You can thank me. You can thank me. And they made you think it was um, Dean Ambrose, but it's really gonna be a feud with someone else. You know. Yeah. And it could be him. Who knows? Maybe at All In. Yeah. Well, All Out. In oh, all Out, yeah. August 31st. So, you know, uh, it's uh, with AEW, it was a decent debut. It was had some ups and its downs. Um, but now it's a, it's a waiting game. It's a wait and see game now with AEW. See what they do. See what rabbits they can pull out of their hat. See how much of Tony Khan's money that he's willing to spend. <laughs> um, hopefully, it's not like a you know a Ted Turner thing. If anything, Cody should be on the phone with Eric Bischoff to see what he should and should not do <laughs> in terms of TNT. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, once again, uh, it's a waiting game with AEW. Hopefully, they do do the right thing, do things correctly. And uh, like I said, don't worry about WWE. Just do your own thing, and you should be just fine, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, Super Showdown's coming up this week. Um, besides that, I forget what the big next major pay-per-view is for WWE. I mean, I remember back in the day in June, it used to be King of the Ring, but they don't do that no more. Um, <laughs> uh, now the big thing is, you know, who is Lesnar going to cash in on? I think eventually it's going to be Kofi. I think with the with the Fox deal happening and SmackDown going to Fox, they they need a big name to hold that SmackDown title, and they're going to probably have a Brock freaking Roman Reigns feud go on on SmackDown Live for for Fox. But uh, which I'm dreading, but I I can see that happening. Um, so with that being said, uh. We we spoke a lot. I, I told everybody that AEW was going to be the the bulk of the podcast, and that's exactly what it was. We jumped, uh, you know, throughout the show. Anthony Joshua gets knocked out. We spoke some, jumped into some WCW stuff. We talked about ECW stuff. It, it was a mix of of new and old school and on today's show, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, and uh, we just passed the three hour mark. So. I think it's uh high time that uh I take a, a an extended couple of hour nap, in other words, go to sleep. Um <laughs> <laughs> so this was episode number forty-three of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. Once again, you can catch me and the podcast on the S and D podcast channel, which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Spotify Music, Stitcher Radio. Anywhere you get your podcast from, you catch me on there. Show some love. Give me some likes, some listens, some subscriptions. Anything you can do, throw it on there. Um, yeah, and want to thank Sammy for coming on once again, dropping the knowledge, dropping some info, giving some some what do you call that? Objective feedback, not just being a overzealous fan just because we got a new wrestling promotion. We got to give you know legit feedback on these things and not just be marks you know what i mean so 
<clears throat> with that being said, once again, Sam, thanks for coming on, and uh, maybe we uh, jump on when when the next AEW show come AEW show comes around. And uh, so, yeah, this was episode number forty three of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for listening. For Sam, I am Jay. Catch you next time. Peace. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty.